This is the NTT IndyCar Series. From the Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course in Lexington, Ohio. It's one of those classic old-school, you know, American circuits. That track requires so many different techniques. There's so many different corners. There's also a bit of elevation changes. It all starts in turn four and five. You mess those up, your whole sector's wrong. With live flag-to-flag coverage, this is the IndyCar Radio Network. After a couple of weeks off, the NTT title chase resumes. Marcus Erickson leads Will Power by 27 points. Joseph Newgarden by 32. Pato Award by 44 points. Award is on pole today. And the highest championship contender starting position is Alex Below. He's fifth in points and will start seventh. This is Mark Jades. Welcome to the Honda Indy 200 in Mid-Ohio. Presented by the all-new 2023 Civic Type R. 27 drivers set to adorn the grid to get ready to go racing today in Mid-Ohio. Let's hear from as many of them as we can with the time allotted by welcoming in Alex Wolf. And the driver of the high V Honda for Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan Racing is Jack Harvey. And Jack, I know for Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan Racing, it's been a fight to find the balance throughout the weekend. You had that last half hour this morning. Were able to find any answers to some of the questions that you had? Uh, I mean, I'd love to say that we did, but I'm not sure that we did really. Um, it's just been a struggle. Honestly, we just, I don't think it necessarily have like a huge imbalance. We just can't do it quickly. I think that's our problem right now. And I think what makes the, diff- the weekends difficult is, you know, we don't start super strong and that leads you down just to trying a lot of different things. And then you're not always sure what's working, what's not working. It just makes the weekend really difficult. So uh, I think the strategy is a little bit limited, so it's not a good place to start at the back. But obviously we do our best to get the 45 Hyvee Honda as far forward as we can. I wish you the best of luck here today. Thank you. Let's go over to Joel Sebastianelli. Here with Callum Isla, who qualified 10th. He told us yesterday, steady improvement to get to that point. Were you able to improve this morning? A little bit, yeah. Um, obviously, every every session's been an improvement so far. We were P5 in warm-up, but uh, yeah, the, the race is an interesting one. Whether it's pure pace and then more tyre degradation or taking it easier and getting some tyre deg or less so later on. We'll see. We'll see. I think I think we've got good pace. Um, the one problem here is getting through lap one normally. Well, it's been a good start. We'll see how it finishes for Callum. Alex? Felix Rosenquist for Arrow McLaren SP lines up on the outside of row two. And Felix, the reds and the blacks, how's the balance feel on both compounds for you? Uh, I think we are a little bit better on the reds, but honestly, I think we're pretty sport on both. Uh, it's always hard to read uh, in the warm-up. It's always so much different kind of scenarios going on out there with different teams and drivers and and you kind of have to just read into what your own feedback and and comments are of, of each compound but uh, no i think we're we've been good all weekend and and i think our race car is also good so we just going to try to to execute i mean we're the only ones in the top 11 i think starting on blacks so that's going to be interesting i think uh first lap is going to be key for us if we if we can do a good first lap i think we have a really good shot to, to kind of be off strategy with others First and fourth for the team. Should be a good one. Best of luck. Thank you very much. And Joel Spascianelli as the hometown favorite. With one of his hometown favorites, checking in with Braxton Miller over here. Graham Rahal, always popular around these parts. How special is it to come back to Mid-Ohio every year? Yeah, I mean, it's great to be uh, It's great to be here. Um, you know, obviously the performance hasn't been what we hoped. Um, you know, but we've been able to, to do quite well here over the years. And, uh Trust me, we're going to try. I mean, it's uh, we don't want to disappoint our home fans. It's been a tough weekend in that regard, not only for me, but from, you know, all three cars. So 
you know, unfortunately, warm-up didn't, didn't find a lot. So we're going to keep throwing some stuff out of here for the race and hopefully get the fifth, third bank car up towards the front. In a similar position, you picked up 14 positions at Road America. What would it take for that to happen today? Yeah, I mean, today's physical. I mean, you feel how hot it is here. Uh, you know, I think people are going to get really pretty pretty tired, to be honest with you. So I think, uh, you know, it's uh, it, it'll be interesting to see how this thing plays out. It's going to take a lot of luck, quite frankly. Um, you know, we're going to need quite a bit to... Uh, to, to get to the front, but a little bit of fuel save when needed, pushing hard, utilizing the overtake at the right times, in and out laps, trying to make some time. We'll see, man. We'll see how it goes. You know how these things are. Anything can happen today. You know, we started 13th here and won, so we'll see. Right, we wish you the best of luck. Alex? Simona Di Silvestro for Pret Autosport lines up the 25th position quickly. What's your outlook for the day for the 16 car? Well, uh, moving forward, I guess. Uh, you know, I think um, we found a few things. We did a few changes this morning, which uh, were good for me, just driving, uh, driving specific. So, um, yeah, I think warm-up looked all right. So long race, you know, stay out of trouble and move forward. Eighth place finisher in 2010. We wish you the best of luck. Thank you. Joel? Takuma Sato rolls off 19th. We've talked this week about the chemistry between you and David Malukas. Has his pace this week been able to help you for your race pace? Oh, he's doing a great job, obviously. Uh, we came to the test and we divided two different philosophies or setup, and then uh, it worked really great on him. And uh, unfortunately, we pick up the, <laughs> the other side. And uh, but I think uh, in a race pace, it should be uh, should be cool. And uh, we have very uh, positive warm up, so uh, I don't worry about too much. All right, thank you for your time, Takuma. Okay, thank you. Alex? Elio Castroneves on the inside of the eighth row and home track for your team, Irishank Racing. First off, you and Simon Pagano were able to tour that, a beautiful new facility that you have for your cars. What was that like this week? Yeah, that was great. I mean, I want people to see uh, what Mike is able to do, you know, from the ground up. Uh, Mike is a, is a type of a person that invests more than what he has, and, uh, and that's why... He, it's great to drive for a guy that I'm really passionate about, and that's why I think we are connecting such a different levels uh, because of that. So we're able to show that how much uh, he uh, he come from uh, from later, you know, when he's driving, and now he's becoming a, an amazing, most uh, successful uh, team owner. So it's great to be here. Now we got to keep it pushing. Now, I know you started in the front in 2000, 2001 when you won here mid-pack today inside of that eighth row. What do you think of how the car feels to uh, maybe make a run towards the front? Yeah, we did a couple of changes. Unfortunately, trying to predict for qualifying and did not hit the right spot. I'm sure a lot of people talk about that as well. However, you know, um, we know the what capability. You saw my teammate uh, uh, Simon at the Fast 6, which was great. So now we just got to, you know, play, uh, play what we opportunities. Because this place is always like that. If the yellows show up, we, are, we just got to take it. But cars, cars seem to be solid. Got a lot of support here. We wish you the best of luck. Thank you so much. Let's go over to Joel with his teammate. Yeah, his teammate, Simon Pagano, starts sixth. One here from pole in 2016. Pole sitters typically win here, Simon. How important is the start to make up positions? Uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's, um, it's such, such an int int interesting track, so fast. So therefore, with the aerodynamics, it's difficult to follow. And there's only one lane here. You can't really run on the outside. So uh, usually the start's really exciting. For that reason, we know it's our chance to, to go forward. Um, and it's very physical as well. So, you know, you'll see a two-stop race. And um, a lot is going to happen during the pit sequence. So pay attention to that. Always a big weekend for the Ohio-based team in mid-Ohio. Thanks, Simon. Alex? Well, a guy that's really been getting a lot of uh, buzz and attention on social media is 
Rena's VK, and I must ask you a question. What would your uh, Top Gun name be? Would it be a Goose Maverick? What do you think? Yeah, for me, it's going to be uh, it's going to be uh, Rooster for me. Uh, Goose's son. But uh, yeah, I saw the movie, and I thought, well, walked out of the theater, and I had a clear goal of uh, getting my mustache on. Well, you've been, you've been fast out through the weekend. What's it going to take for uh, the rooster to be crowing in victory lane in a couple hours? It's going to be tough. Um, it's very tight. It's hard to pass here. But uh, um, we're starting on the blacks. I think uh, seeing what other people did is good for our strategy. I think we made the right choice. So, yeah, um, I think it's going to be an exciting race. But, uh, yeah, we definitely got to show our pace during the race and have good, good tire savings during the stints. Well, I hope you have a good, safe day out there. Thank you. And Joel, as one of the fast rookies. The fastest rookie so far, David Malukas qualified eighth. Looking for your first top ten. Do you feel like you're hitting your stride right now? Yeah, I mean, from my side, from the team side, we're all doing very well. And, you know, it's just the, the connection has just been getting there, and it's, uh, it's, it's amazing. You know, and all the, the engineers, the mechanics, all their families here. And so it's, everybody's getting along, and honestly, it's just, it's just been a blast, really. I think the key word throughout this weekend has been traffic so far. I mean, there's always going to be traffic in a race. But how important is the start to make up a few positions? No, it's going to be massive. I mean, that's why we chose to start on the red tires because, you know, any opportunity we're going to get to pass here, I think it's going to be on the start. As uh, I feel like for the rest of the race, it might just span out and it's kind of going to be like a following type of race, maybe some undercuts. So, yeah, we're going to get those red tires, use them to, to get around some people, and then uh, just go on the, on the, the primaries and go from there. David Maluka starts eighth. Alex, you've got another guy who's going to need, need to make up a few positions. The driver that will be trying to do that has been one of the drivers really surging over the last couple of weeks, Alexander Rossi. And starting in the 12th position today, what's it going to take to get up towards the front in a race that really seems to be all about pace today? Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, it, yeah, it, exactly right. It's all about pace. So, you know, hopefully we can um, have a bit of a step. You know, we've had glimpses this weekend but it hasn't been a super easy car to drive so um yeah i mean warm-up was okay wasn't good wasn't bad so hopefully hopefully we made a step the heat seems to be honestly a little bit better for us so uh we'll see what that brings and we're gonna have to be pretty aggressive at the start and uh see what comes of that we look forward to seeing what comes of that best of luck yeah, thank you very much and joel as one of aj Foyt's drivers best qualifying performance this year ninth for kyle kirkwood you did tell us yesterday it's typically a better race car than qualifying car is that the case today i really hope so um we're all right in practice this morning i don't i don't think we really made any big gains from yesterday into practice but uh hopefully we do now we did some did some set of changes between the warm-up and um and the race just now so see what happens i think i think we've got a good car but it's only going to tell when we go when we go out there and get into some racing You've been exceptional at Mid-Ohio throughout your career. How much do you love this track in comparison to other places we go? I mean, I say it always when if, when everyone asks me what's my favorite track, it's always this place. Uh, Mid-Ohio just has something for me. It's a track that I've got the most experience at, too. Um, it's just a ton of fun to drive for me. It's like those 80 laps are going to go by quick for me just because of how enjoyable it is to drive around here. So um, I'm looking forward to it. It's a race I always look forward to every single year. So i um, glad we're finally here and glad that we've got a decent car going into the race. Thanks, Kyle. To Alex Wolf. Well, we got an interesting situation here. A driver's watching other drivers race before going out to race. Colton Herta holding the cell phone watching the uh, British Grand Prix. Uh, what are your thoughts about what you're seeing there, first of all? It's heating up. Uh, 
Yeah, it looks like Ferrari might have made a mistake not pitting Leclerc there at the end for softs and everybody else did, so he's holding on. But it's it's a good race so far. Seems seems enjoyable. Well, before you get back to watching that, your thoughts on today's race lining up on the inside of the second row, and this is a place that uh, I know maybe you don't think owes you one, but there's a lot of people that think maybe it does because how fast you were last year. Um, yeah, I mean, we were fast last year. We know how to make the fuel number, which is going to be big, and, and trying to gain some spots, so that's going to be the biggest thing. The car felt good into this morning's warm-up, um, and so, yeah, should have a good day. Well, we'll let you get back to being a race fan before you're a race car driver. Best of luck. Thank you. Joel? Alex Pillow starts seventh. Traffic, traffic, traffic is what we've heard yesterday. How much pace do you have in the car? Um, yeah, I had a lot, um, a lot of pace. Um, I don't think our issue yesterday was uh, was traffic. It was just not putting everything together, and it was so close. We were like uh, less than um, than than point zero zero one to to making it to the fast six. So just a shame, but uh, super fast again this morning in the warm up. It's sunny, uh, beautiful atmosphere here in Mayor Ohio. So it's going to be. Uh, a cool race, and hopefully I can get that number 10 entity data on the car uh, back in the podium. We wish you the best of luck. Alex Wolf is with our pole sitter. Starting on the pole is Pato Ward for Aero McLaren SP, and what do you think about the outlook? You had that half hour earlier today. Did you maybe learn anything else about the car, or did it just confirm things? I ah, mean, I think we've had a good weekend so far, but we won't really know exactly what we have until we get into the race and, and really see where the where the tire in the car goes throughout the stint, um, but yeah, I'm. Uh, I think we have the best view into turn one, and we'll just we'll just try and keep it there. And are you trying to make sure you have the best view into turn one and the best view at the end of lap 80? Best of luck to you this afternoon. I appreciate it. Thanks. Let's go over to the man that's on the outside of the front row. He's with Joel. That's Scott McLaughlin. You've got your family here. Yeah. How confident do you feel heading into this race? Yeah, excited. I think we've got a, a, as good a chance as anyone. Um, you know, the, it's very important to make sure that we get uh, track position with qualifying. We did that, so that's the first job out of the way. Um, now it's just a matter of me just, uh, you know, making sure we have fuel mileage and, um, you know, do the best job we can on in and out laps. Uh, but yeah, who knows? This is an IndyCar. You know, things can change and in, in an instant. So we'll see what we get, what happens. Scott McLaughlin starts second with Team Penske in his seventh livery this season. Scott Dixon, real quick before you get introduced, what do you think about the outlook for 80 laps today? Yeah, we'll see. You know, 80 laps is a pretty short race for here. I, you know, be an easy two supper for everybody. Be nice if they get stand to get back to the 90 or 95 lap one uh, where you're going to have two strategies going. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll try, uh, try our best. Obviously, the goal is to move up and try and get to that podium, man. We'll let you get introduced to the crowd here. Best of luck. 17 of the 27 drivers, including the top 10. Our driver analyst, Davey Hamilton, joins us when we come back to Mid-Ohio. Bottom award, Scott McLaughlin rolled off on the front row. Davey Hamilton joins us now. And Davey, uh, we look at the uh, tire designation among the starters today. Fourth place, uh, Felix Rosenquist. Kyle Kirkwood starting ninth, Renus VK 11th. A few more toward the back half of the field, including 16, 17, and 18, choosing to start on the primary tires in this first in. Yeah, Rosenquist, a little bit of a surprise, Mark. We see mo everybody up to that eighth position running those softer compound red tires. That tells me they, they do want to get them off the car because of they, they must feel that they're not quite as quick long-term as the blacks. So 
A little interesting there. A little strategy play. Why not put a ward on one strategy and Roquist, Rosequist on the other? Seems like it may work out. But uh, we'll just have to wait and see. As, as Dixon said, kind of wish this race was a little bit longer. Uh, it's really an easy, easy two-stop strategy. So there's really no fuel mileage to save. I mean, it's just really kind of go for it. And, and that takes the strategy play out of it for a lot of guys. Now, what you can do is if the Reds are, seem to be going off early, not, not lasting throughout the stint, come in right off the bat somewhat like Rossi did in Detroit and just uh, and put the blacks on and, and hope for some yellows and things go the right direction. That is a, a strategy call that you can do. Try to hope that yellow comes at the right time. But right now, it's pretty straightforward. The only way you're going to gain ground is just to somebody having bad luck of a yellow flag. This place is a real deal in terms of how demanding it is. I mean, these guys are all finely tuned athletes with a pretty strict workout regiments on a daily basis. And you heard Graham Rahal earlier say that uh, this is going to be a tough one on everybody. Yeah, it is. But the one great thing they have going for them, it's really a beautiful day. I mean, it's not too hot. Uh, they're going to be fine. The race is shorter. It's at 80 laps. I think it's going to make it easier. It is a physical race. You're turning and moving and bobbing the whole time. But you, you talk to like Dixon and Kirkwood, they think it's fairly easy to go 80 laps around here. It's going to go by too quickly. So uh, some drivers are definitely ready for it. Other ones are going, hey, this is going to be a long day. So uh, get prepared. So very, very tough here because you've got to be smooth in so many places. But if you're going to attack this place and you're going to do it and have any success, one or two places where you really need to maximize your opportunities for a good, solid entry and exit. Well, I'm going to say the biggest one is turn two. You just have to be able to come off that corner strong, you know, to get that nice run down that straightaway into turn three and then and ultimately try to make the pass into turn four. So uh, you have to come off a turn two good, and it's not that easy. You, you, you turn that right-hander, and it goes downhill, kind of loses banking as you go down so it's hard to get traction but if you can get your car and get grip there that is the best possible place to do it and the second best place i have to think mark is coming off of turn one we see a lot of cars sliding to the outside of turn one getting off track getting in that dirt um, when they do that they lose momentum and that's another straightaway that you need to be strong uh coming off of turn one just so nobody can beat you down into turn two the rest of the course you just need to be uh be, be uh, cautious interestingly enough davy we've seen over the course of the weekend the exit of thunder valley turn nine has been a challenge for these drivers Wow, how about that? I mean, it's been a real challenge running off course in seven, going into turn nine, locking the brakes up and just sliding off course. We've seen several drivers do that. I have to think right now the track is as good as it's been all weekend. I mean, the Indy Lights race just finished. The, the Cooper tire rubber really matches up with the Firestone rubber on these Indy cars. So I think it's going to be a good track. I've seen the sweepers going out and cleaning everything up. So I think grip level is going to be as high and as good as it's been any time over the weekend. So I don't expect to see any of that. Uh, runoffs. I don't. I, I expect to see some brake lock up. I, we've seen that in the Indy Lights race too. If you have just a little bit too much front brake, you lock those front tires up flat spot them. Kind of ruins your day there as well. Davey and I will discuss the battle for the Manufacturers Championship between the engine manufacturers. We will also have the HPD update when we come back to Mid-Ohio. Uh, the battle for the Manufacturers Championship, twofold, just like it is for the drivers, Davey. All want to win the Indianapolis 500, and they focus on the championship. And right now, Chevrolet looking pretty strong, and they look strong today. They have three of the top four. Yeah, absolutely. They sure do, Mark. And, and uh, that's a battle that they're all searching and trying to win. Right now, Chevrolet on top of that list. And coming into mid-Ohio with uh, with. Uh, 
three of the top five, actually first, second, yep. and fourth with Chevrolet, but they got Hondas all right behind them, breathing down their neck. The next Honda, or I'm sorry, Chevrolet is not till ninth with Kirkwood, Ilot in 10th, and VK in 11th. So uh, it's been fun to watch this battle. I mean, I love both man engine manufacturers. They do such a great job for, for all these teams, and they do a great job for all of us, Mark, just because if they keep it so competitive and you don't know who's going to win, if it's going to be a Chevrolet or Honda, and that's what it's all about, then you have manufacturer support in our series. Uh, can't thank them both enough. And, and it's like I say, I know it's important to both those manufacturers to not only win races but win this manufacturer championship. So um, we got a ways to go. We're halfway through the season, and you know they're going to fight right to the end for it. Yeah, that's a great point. I, I think it is indeed going to be a battle all the way down to the very end. It's time for the HPD Engineering Update with Alex Wolf. Have the opportunity to talk to Kelvin Fu, the Vice President of Honda Performance Development. Get ready to start the second half of the NTT IndyCar Series season. Goal number one accomplished on Memorial Day weekend. Marcus Erickson's win at the Indianapolis 500. And Kelvin, I know that now you chase a goal number two, get some more race wins. And with that comes the championships, not only for drivers and manufacturers. I know that's a goal number two for Honda. Exactly. So, yeah, goal number one, you know, again, thanks to Chip Ganassi, everybody at Honda and HBD. We got the Indy 500, but, you know, what's important to us also is manufacturers and drivers' championship. And so far, we haven't been meeting our high expectations. So, you know, hopefully starting now, in front of all of our friends here at Ohio from the Honda Platte in Marysville, you know, we'll start that uh, and start winning some more races. A touch that. There's really a, wouldn't be a, any better place, an integral part for Honda, not only on the track but on the street here in Mid-Ohio. Sports car, of course, going to be in front of a lot of friends and family. Yeah, I mean, Honda's been in Ohio since the uh, early 80s, right? So we have a long uh, established presence here with thousands of people working in the local area, and it's great to see them come out and support uh, the IndyCar Series uh, at Mid-Ohio. Well, Kelvin Fu, thanks for joining us. Best of luck not only this afternoon at Mid-Ohio but in the second half of the season. Thanks so much. And that's this week's HPD Engineering Update. Uh, the NTT IndyCar Series is moving full speed ahead in the race for equality and change. Time now to check in with Louisa Maser in this week's segment of On Track with Diversity presented by Gallagher, your trusted insurance broker and HR and benefits consultant. This week, we chat with Beth Peretta, CEO and team principal at Peretta Autosport. Racing has always been part of your DNA, Beth. So what does this mean to you and the growth in women and diverse individuals being involved in motorsports from when you were a child to where you are at now? I think it's amazing to see how many other teams within even the IndyCar paddock put a lot of the women on their teams forward and made them more visible. Um, there have been women kind of sprinkled about on, on a, uh, some, several teams for a few years, um, and they're now actively trying to hire more. And so I'm hoping that, you know, we've played a, a small role in, in pushing that forward. And as I always say, I, I People sometimes say that we have a, a, a team that's 100% women. That's not actually not the case. We are a co-ed team, but my goal is that there are women on 100% of the team. How was the Indy 500 a springboard for your female crew members and in general just all your members uh, to pursue more opportunities in motorsports? Our entry in the 2021 Indy 500 was historic. It was the first time in 110 years that you had this majority female team. Uh, you know, women weren't allowed in the paddock at IMS until 1971, so it was 50 more years until you saw our team. What's amazing is some of the women have uh, gone on to, one is working uh, in NASCAR on the cup side in a technical role, one of them is on the three car, and another one is a technical coordinator at Team Penske. But it's just great to see them um, elevated uh, either within the IndyCar paddock or with other paddocks because that means that, you know, they obviously showed that they are capable of doing these jobs and hopefully they all have long careers ahead of them. 
On Track with Diversity is brought to you by Gallagher. For 95 years in communities across the globe, Gallagher's insurance, risk management, and consulting solutions have helped businesses face their future with confidence. Gallagher. To learn more, visit AJG.com. A couple of minutes away from going trackside for pre-race festivities at Davey and uh, Scott Dixon, the master of mid-Ohio. Six wins here. Will Power could have gotten pole number six yesterday if it weren't for that penalty. But, uh, boy, a lot of drivers in this field. I mean, Colton Herta, Joseph Newgarden, as you mentioned, Dixon, Rossi, Graham Rahal. A lot of uh, drivers here who have experience at Mid-Ohio knowing how to get to victory lane. They sure do. And Bato Ward wants to learn how to get there as well, starting in that pole position. we got to remember McLaughlin, you know how, how good he started the season off? Yeah. And first two races outstanding. A little bit of a lull, but you know what? He's still he's still in the hunt, Mark. I mean, he is only he's ninth in the championship, only 94 points out. So he can still get the job done, starting that front row. Good shot. But you're right. Herta, Rosenquist, he will, he's hungry too. Remember, when they signed those new contracts, they seem to be pretty fast. And so I expect to see some things out of Rosenquist. But Dixon and P5, man, never count him out. And how about Pagano on that P6 spot as well? Hometown track for his team. Yeah, and, uh, you know, there's some uh, – the youth movement continues, Davey. There's no question with Pato Award on pole. But uh, how about Malukas or Kirkwood starting eighth and ninth? That's got to be a thrill for their, those guys and their race teams. Well, they're used to racing against each other a lot, aren't they? I mean, Malukas and Kirkwood battled every race last year. And so Malukas ahead of Kirkwood starting. You know they're going to have a fun race with each other. And you never know. One of those drivers could also pull the win off here today, Mark. I mean, they do have the talent to get around this place. Yeah, heck of a history here. It all started back in 1980 when Lone Star JR got to victory lane. Let's go trackside. Ladies and gentlemen, at this time, we ask that you please rise and remove your hats as the Mansfield Police Department presents our nation's colors. Please remain standing as Chaplain Chuck Lessick of IndyCars Ministries offers today's invocation. And joining Chuck today to honor America with the singing of our national anthem, Mid-Ohio's own, Patty Schwal. Let's pray. Lord God, as we celebrate our country's independence this weekend, we're thankful to all those who serve to protect our freedom. We ask that this IndyCar race today be a blessing to the entire community as we look to you, as always, for a safe yet exciting afternoon of racing. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight o'er the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming and the Saved 
star-spangled banner yet wave o'er the land of the free and the home of the brave. We will meet the gentleman who will help us call the Honda Indy 200 at Mid-Ohio when we come back. Uh, 2.2 miles in length, a little over that in fact, 13 turns, it is bad fast, it is awfully tight, and a lot of blind corners and elevation changes, it all comes together to create the fabulous mid-Ohio sports car course. Helping us call the action today, we'll start first. One of the iconic parts of this course is certainly the keyhole, the highest point here at Mid-Ohio. That's where Nick Yeoman is today. Yeah, it is uh, very much all, all downhill from here in the keyhole of turn number two here at the Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course. I've always, when looking at a track map, Mark, thought it looked a lot like a paper clip. Two long straightaways connected by a swooping flat 180-degree turn. Think Martinsville, maybe if you're a stock car fan, uh, but it is certainly one of the most important parts of this racetrack. And the thing about it that's so interesting is drivers will tell you time and time again, there seems to be more grip at the entrance of the corner than there is at the exit. So it allows these drivers to attack the corner a little bit differently. Some will take a shallow entry and really get hard on the brakes. Others will try to swoop it and hit the apex. But the biggest thing is the lack of grip at the exit of turn number two. We've seen drivers kicking out the rear ends of those race cars all weekend long. Simply put, it is hard to put the power down, but it is so important because when you leave the keyhole, there is a long back straightaway a bit of a kink that's called turn three before that sets up that fantastic right hander in the good passing zone of turn number four you've got to get it right through the keyhole because that is your opportunity to set up passes down in turn number four and the gentleman who is down there who will call those passes is michael young hello michael good afternoon nick yobin looking forward to a great race today a beautiful afternoon here at the mid ohio sports car course you talk about that kink of turn number three that's where we'll start this race this afternoon and then the field will make their way into the portion of the track that years ago they called madness. It's a right-hander of turn number four, and they will climb uphill about 20 feet or so and then hit a left-hander, which is turn number five, an off-camber turn, but they're going slow, so it doesn't really upset the balance of the car, although we did see in years past drivers going too wide through this portion of the course. It gets tight, but they can make it happen. Certainly not a place that is optimal for making passes. That's more down in turn number four, and then they'll go down the hill into turn number six. Of course, the runoff area, China Beach, is at the exit of turn number four. So if a driver would not be able to make it into turn number four, they're forced off into a gravel pit that is massive, about 40 yards long. And if you get stuck in there, certainly a caution would need to probably come out for the simple fact that you're going to be deep in the gravel. Nonetheless, a very interesting and a very exciting portion of this mid-Ohio sports car course. And as they make that right-hander of turn number six, they'll go back downhill and they'll hit the section of the course that we refer to as the S's. And that's when they'll come the view of our very own Jake Query. Good afternoon, Jake. Good afternoon, Michael. Thank you so much. And you are right about the fact that that right-handed turn number six brings with it that inertia, as we'll call it, from downhill, which means you got to make sure that you're not all of a sudden getting the rear end of the race car stepping out on you just a little bit because there's a slight kick to the left that is turn number seven, but that's immediately followed by a slight kick back to the right. That is technically turn number eight. Then a straightaway before a long hard right-handed turn number nine 
after they take that right-hander that is turn number nine. It's underneath the Buse Bridge and into turn number 10. Nick, this is an area of the racetrack that a lot of speed carries you through. If you're not careful, your balance can become interrupted, especially in that 7-8 combo. It'll be a lot of fun to watch today here at Mid-Ohio. Yeah, we look forward to them. Uh, we look forward to the call today. And then the drivers, Davey Hamilton, come up on another iconic portion of this race course. It's the final turn known as the carousel. What challenges will the carousel present for these drivers today? Well, bumps. We added some bumps there that, that we've had that we that have been, I guess, have grown since we've been here last. A little bit of air and uh, tires in the air, not a lot of grip. We've seen some accidents with, or not accidents, but spinoffs there in practice. Mark, we've seen a, a real good pass there on the last lap of the Indy Lights race. I think this final corner is going to bring us more action than it has in the past. So um, you need to be good through there because that comes on to the, the shortest of the three straightaways on this front straightaway uh, uh, setting up for turn one. In terms of the championship chase, Davey, uh, a, a week off before everybody heads to Toronto for the first time in a couple of years. Happy to be back there for sure, but uh, from July 17th to all the way up to August 7th, back to back to back to back, and I think that's when that championship chase just might start to shake itself out a little bit. Well, I, I think so. I, 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 we're going to find out who is going to be in contention. We're definitely not going to be able to depend who is going to win this championship because it's just too close. But right now, you know, you still have uh, really 11 contenders is what I, I feel like. I think there's 11 drivers that could still have a shot at this championship fairly easily. And uh, we'll just have to wait and see how the, after this summer stretch, as we call it, Mark, as you just said, going to get busy. We'll see how it all lays out after that. Well, and, and, and you know, if, if the first half of the season, if you will, is any indication, is a smart money maybe on Joseph Dugarton, who got that million-dollar bonus for winning on a street course and an oval and a road course, because that's what we face over the next couple of weeks of the series. Yeah, I mean, obviously he's strong. Uh, by being able to do that, what a what a fantastic opportunity that was for uh, New Garden and that team, and and, and uh, you know the charity they're getting half a million dollars. How outstanding is that? And but finds himself third in the championship, as you just said, thirty two points back, definitely in the hunt. Seems to be on a little bit of a row a roll. Had a uh, not the best of qualifying yesterday. Got caught behind some slower cars in qualifying, knowing that he has a car that could win. Um, we'll just have to see because. He loves the summer stretch, it seems like, too. I mean, he's coming on strong. He's won already three races, as you said, on street course, a road course, and an oval. How impressive is that to win that million bucks? You've been in a championship chase in this series a couple of times in other forms of motorsports as well. Is the mindset just simply week in and week out to do all you can to win the race, knowing that if you simply focus on that instead of worrying about points here and points there, that, that the championship's going to take care of itself? Or do you take a Scott Dixon approach, which he seemed to at times over the years, going into a weekend saying, you know, maybe maybe I only have a third-place car here. I'm not going to push it and throw a day away. I'm going to get as many points as I can. How do you approach what? it? Well, I think when you have the confidence and you're on a roll and you're winning races, you do focus on winning the race. That's what you're expected to do. But Scott's a smart guy. He's won a lot of championships. And you do have to, in the back of your mind, you do have to keep the points championship in mind, Mark, because it's so important. And you know you have to get to the checker flag. Risk to reward at that point. You don't want to take a big risk and taking yourself out of a championship hunt, maybe like Will Power did yesterday in qualifying so uh you have to think about everything you do to keep stacking up as many points as you can uh anxious to see how the start of this one goes because of how tough this is to pass here davy 
Yeah, turn one. I can't. Well, actually, turn four. But their turn right. one is going to be exciting. Getting all the cars down there at one time is going to be exciting, Mark. Yeah, it's going to be exciting for sure. And it's time to go trackside to get the command for the Honda Indy 200 at Mid Ohio. Race fans, it's time for the most famous words in all of sports. Here to give the command for the Honda Indy 200 at Mid-Ohio, presented by the all-new 2023 Civic Type R, please welcome your Grand Marshal, Ohio State tight end, and Lexington's own, Cade Stover. All right, man. On half of Buckeye Nation and the greatest country in the world, man. Drivers, start your engines. Here's today's NTT IndyCar Series starting lineup. Row 14. Jimmy Johnson, United States. Row 13. Tatiana Calderon, Colombia. Simona Di Silvestro, Switzerland. Row 12. Jack Harvey, United Kingdom. Dalton Kellett, Canada. Row 11. Connor Daly, United States. Will Power, Australia. Row 10. Devlin DeFrancesco, Canada. Takuma Sato, Japan. Row 9. Graham Rahal, United States of America. Romain Grosjean, France. Row 8. Christian Lundgaard, Denmark. Helio Castroneves, Brazil. Row 7. Joseph Dugarden, United States. Marcus Eriksson, Sweden. Row 6. Alexander Rossi, United States. Rinus VK, the Netherlands. Row 5. Callum Eilert, United Kingdom. Kyle Kirkwood, United States. Row 4. David Malukas, United States. Alex Pelot, Spain. Row 3. Simon Pagenaud, France. Scott Dixon, New Zealand. Row 2. Felix Rosenquist, Sweden. Colton Herta, United States. On the outside of Row 1. Scott McLaughlin, New Zealand. And starting on the pole. Patricio Ward, Monterey, Mexico. Well, our pit reporters, great job off the top. 17 of the 27 drivers they interviewed off the top, including the top 10. Let's find out what they'll be watching throughout the course of this one. We'll start with Alex Wolf. Well, in my section, I'll be keeping an eye on a couple of former winners here at the Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course. Two-time winner here, Elio Castroneves for the Columbus area base, Meyer Shank Racing. Also, Team Penske's Will Power starting deep in the field after that penalty during qualifying. And I'll also be watching the speedy rookie for A.J. Floyd Racing, Kyle Kirkwood, who dominated here in Road to Indy competition, told me before qualifying yesterday that they were on the struggle bus but he uh, showed that he probably wasn't because he had a ninth place qualifying effort. Ambient temperature is 80. Trek temperature is 120. Light wind at four miles per hour out of the northwest. That's why I'll be keeping an eye on. Let's head further up the pit lane to Joel Sebastianelli. Thanks, Alex. I'm keeping an eye on a redemption arc. Two, actually. One that's a year in the making and one a weekend in the making. Colton Herta may have had the car to beat here at Mid-Ohio last year. It all went wrong in the pits. They had a failure on the fueling apparatus. It couldn't pump. They replaced it. Then he stalled on his next stop, threw away what was seemingly a podium at worst. So Colton Herta and the Gamebridge Andretti Honda, number 26, could redeem themselves from third starting position today. And last week's winner, Joseph Newgarden at Road America, got 
got redemption there. He was P1 in practice Friday, caught in traffic during qualifying. He'll have to come from 14th. He'll lead everybody off pit lane from stall one. Just two of the top six in points. Made the fast six mark, so it's going to be quite interesting to watch with many of those top guys in points on the front half of pit lane. Amy, I think the back half of the field merits watching. There will be some guys whose patience will be tested early, talking about Will Power, Takuba Sato, Grosjean, Graham Ray Hall, and others. Yo, uh, you know, Grosjean for sure, we know that he is aggressive and when he starts that far back, but Castro Nevis in that 15th spot, we'll see him, like I say, this is their, their team's home track, Mark. He wants to be farther up than that for sure, but you're right, it's going to be exciting to see who can move forward and, and really who's up front that, uh, that doesn't have the pace that's going to fall back a bit. Uh, Michael Young, uh, let's get your thoughts and impressions now as the field's still a bit strung out, but still heading your way into turn number four. Yeah, they're starting to bunch themselves up midway pack right now, and then the back of the field starting to make their way through turn number four. Marcus Erickson works his way through turns four and five right now. Joseph Newgard. It's going to be interesting to see Ramon Grosjean and Graham Rahal together. Remember Barber Motorsports Park. They're starting side by side. Going to be exciting today. Could be one from uh, Scott McLaughlin. Certainly going to be watching him, but an easy two-stopper. Pace will be key here today at Mid-Ohio. And Jay Query, you're watching one of those portions of the course, the entrance to the Thunder Valley, that when that tire wear starts to uh, rear its ugly head, you're watching one of the places where they will notice that very early on. That is exactly right, and you certainly, between turns seven and eight, could all of a sudden find yourself kicking up a little bit of grass here if your balance does not have have it uh, where you like it coming off that area of the racetrack. Kudos, by the way, to Graham Rahal, his home track. Mark his 250th career IndyCar start. Yeah, that's uh, hard to believe he's been at it that long for sure. So Nick Yeoman, the energy level, I would imagine, and the anticipation starting to grow now as it looks like the field in formation as they head toward you. A lot of fans standing on their feet here on the hill in the keyhole. Pato Award, your pole sitter, right alongside Team Penske, Scott McLaughlin. Front five or six rows start to pack up. Rear of the field trying to hurry out to catch up the rest of the field. Here comes the field out of uh, the keyhole, Mark. We're about to go racing in mid-Ohio. The drag race is underway, and they have waved off the start, Davey Hamilton, because I'm not sure the rear of the field had necessarily cleared or even approached the keyhole by the time the rest of the field was already heading toward turn number three. Yeah, and the, and the reason, Mark, they do the original start down that long back straightaway is just that, to make sure everybody's lined up, knows to tell that everybody is on a straightaway before the green comes out uh, for so they can accelerate to where the finish line on the front straightaway, there's no way to get that done. So, obviously, the front pace seems just a b- little bit quick by award, and McLaughlin just need to slow it down a little bit, and the guys in the back need to pick it up just a little bit for the green this time by. Well, to give you an idea of the difference, I mean, the front straightaway is 1,200 feet in length, Davey, from 13 to 1, and that back stretch is about 3,000 feet in length. That's that's yeah. a heck of a difference, and it's why they started there. That's exactly right. That's the only time we'll see it being used is on the start of these races, but like I say, we want to see a great start for these fans, and that is to keep it nose to tell, side by side, uh, and as you can look right now, they're still all back strung out. Pot Awards pace I mean, it is super fast, really, for, uh, you know, trying, they're supposed to be lining up, but he is on the gas right now. I I, I don't see him getting lined up again. Well, no, Danny, the lap count has started, so it looks like, Nick Yeoman, they're gonna, they're poised to start, I think, single file, or are they getting into two wide formations? Well, I think Pato Award has finally slowed the pace down, but it is still about the first four or five rows that have bunched up. The rear of the field really starting to hustle now through turn one, so we can get a green flag start. Still about five or six cars waiting to catch up to the pack. 
But the first 10 or 11 rows look good, Mark. Out of the keyhole, it's the Honda Indy 200. They did pair them up as they approached the keyhole, but the lap count has started. So one lap has been completed. Much slower pace to the uh, starting line, if you will. And now the pace starts to quicken as Pato Award grabs P1. Looks like McLaughlin's going to tuck in behind him. Yeah, McLaughlin's under attack from Felix Rosenquist. Rosenquist will swing to the outside. That'll give him the inside advantage through turn number five. Rosenquist will get on the curving, and McLaughlin will be able to fend him off. Pato Award to Carlick advantage over McLaughlin. Then Felix Rosenquist in third, Colton Herta fourth. And Colton Herta took a really long, hard look at Felix Rosenquist through turn number six, was not able to make that move. So it's Pato Award who is the leader. Then Scott McLaughlin followed by Rosenquist and Herta. Yeah, pretty clean start all in all. So it's O'Ward, McLaughlin, Rosenquist, and we do have a car in trouble. Looks like Will Power in turn nine, Jake Wearing. Yeah, Will Power all of a sudden through that turn just before the Buse Bridge got pushed off to the side. I believe that might have been Calderon that pushed him out. He kicked up some dirt, got back on track, but he's got to make his way up for the rear of the field. Bottom award, Scott McLaughlin starting to inch away a little bit. Third place running Felix Rosenquist, heard Dixon to the keyhole. So it'll stay a local yellow for Will Power as Pato Award leads the field out of the keyhole. The advantage over Scott McLaughlin is about four to five car lengths. Another four back to Felix Rosenquist. They run one, two, three, Michael, barreling to turn four. Pato Award, that advantage over Scott McLaughlin, about four car lengths. Then Felix Rosenquist will tuck in behind McLaughlin. Colton Hurd a fourth. Scott Dixon fifth. Nice battle for that sixth position. It's Simon Pagano and Alex Pelot trying to get around him. Simon Pagano holding off Alex Pelot, but Alex Pelot clearly on the charge. And a good move a little bit further back for Kyle Kirkwood as well. Mark, the one thing through turn number six that you realize, this track becomes very narrow through turn seven, eight, and nine. The leader still is Pata Award. It is a scant 40 feet, and it's narrowest for sure, and that does not leave a lot of room. Saw a pretty good pass back of the pack, get him into the top ten. Alexander Rossi was able to work his way around Callum Eilat. Pato Award, the beneficiary of clean air, as is Scott McLaughlin. Meanwhile, Felix Rosenquist seeing the mirrors really fill up of Colton Herta. Scott Dixon giving chase as well as they head toward the keyhole. Herta and that yellow, black, and blue car. Gainbridge, the sponsorship, is about two car lengths behind Rosenquist. Closes to within one, not able to get alongside. Both of those cars wiggle a bit at the exit of turn number two. Herta's got a nice run. He's close to within a car length. Michael, we may have a battle for third heading to turn four. Colton Herta is on the charge. As he makes his way down into turn number four, he will break and leave Felix Rosenquist, gap him about two car lengths or so. But Herta back on the charge up the hill into turn number five. Further back, Kyle Kirkwood nearly lost it in front of David Malukas. Back in, stepped out in turn number four. But still, that good battle between Rosenquist and Herta. Colton Herta is very aggressive on Felix Rosenquist through turns seven and eight. Rosenquist still holds him at bay. Again, Rosenquist with Herta right there. But he's got about eight car lengths to make up. Does Rosenquist before? Before he can get in on Scott McLaughlin. Michael Young referenced that battle for the eighth position between Kyle Kirkwood and David Malukas. That is actually the opposite of the way they started. Kirkwood was able to grab the advantage for that position on the start. Front two, again, pretty nice separation. Felix Rosenquist can't breathe yet because Colton Herta continues to charge. Well, and Herta really can't breathe either because he's got the mid-Ohio master of Scott Dixon about two car lengths behind in fifth. They run nose to tail as O'Ward and McLaughlin streak away just a bit. It's Rosenquist by about three car lengths over Colton Herta. Another four back to the champion Scott Dixon. 
looks like they may be settling in at this portion of the race thus far. It's Pottawa Ward about a four-car length advantage over Scott McLaughlin. At the top five, everybody got about two car lengths between them. Simon Pagano at sixth, then Pelot seventh. Again, that battle for eighth, it's Kyle Kirkwood and David Malukas. They make their way through turn number six. Kirkwood about a two-car length advantage. Simon Pagano runs in the sixth position. He's got Alex Pelot just behind him. That started to tighten up just a little bit. Kyle Kirkwood tried to get a good view on it. But again, through seven and eight, things start to accordion fan back out a little bit and stay true to form. Four car lengths between each. Four laps complete. Award McLaughlin, Rosaquist, Hernan Dixon in the top five. Davey, we wondered how aggressive Will Power would be. It may have cost him because he lost five positions. He is running 26. Yeah, you know what? That was all on Will Power. I hate to say it. He uh, came off of, you know, that turn five, this turn six, and just a little too hard and hit the back of Sato's car. Didn't do any damage to Sato. Did spin power out. So just a little bit too aggressive too early. Now puts uh, Will Power, uh, you know, in 26. He's only got by one car since he went to dead last. Uh, Pottawa Ward with a comfortable advantage over McLaughlin. Rosenquist appears to have stepped away from Colton Herta a bit, Michael Young. Yeah, about four car lengths for Rosenquist over Colton Herta. Dixon comfortably in fifth. Six again, Pagano, and then Pelot. That battle kind of settled down between Kyle Kirkwood and David Malukas, and then Alexander Rossi in that ninth position. Same true battle settling down between Rosenquist and Herta. Mark, reality is Felix Rosenquist had to be getting really tired of seeing that Gamebridge machine in his mirrors, and as you mentioned, Rosenquist now gets himself a little bit of breathing room through turn number 10. Uh, we are watching Alex Pelot work over Simon Pagano. That is the battle for the sixth position, and it looks like Scott McLean Lachlan is actually starting to close the gap. Ever so slightly on the leader, Pato Award. It's down to about eight-tenths of a second. Meanwhile, a little bit further back, again, we see Alex Pelowi's on the charts. He's trying to track down sixth-place running Simon Pagano to the keyhole. Beautiful blue race car for our reigning series champion, Alex Pelow. He's about three car lengths behind Simon Pagano, really clipping that red and white curving to the inside of the corner, trying to set up a run to run down Pagano. Of course, a home race for Meyer Shank Racing, but Pelow still needs to find about four car lengths. Yeah, it's been a rough battle these first couple of laps for Alex Pelot. He closed in really tight on Simon Pagano and just hasn't been able to get up on that rear wing again. That is the battle for that sixth position. Again, the battle for eighth with Kyle Kirkwood and David Malukas looks good. And then again, Alexander Rossi rounding out the top ten. Perhaps the only thing more blue than the sky at Mid-Ohio is the car of Alex Pelot. Right now again, that NTT data machine runs seventh. Good battle behind them between rookies Kyle Kirkwood and David Malukas. Now the old Castro M is currently running in the fifth team position. He's trying to put Marcus Erickson down a position. Erickson in that green livery this weekend has the 14th spot. You'll see Pottawa Ward stretch out the advantage a little bit. It's a backup to a full second now for Scott McLaughlin, then Rosenquist, Herta, and Dixon. Go ahead and give me a full field rundown. That was seven laps complete. Simon Pagino, sixth. Alex Below is seventh. Kyle Kirkwood is eighth. Malukas is ninth. Rossi is tenth. Eilat is 11th, Newgarden is 12th, Renus VK is 13th, Marcus Erickson is 14th, Elio Castroneva is 15th, Sato is 16th, Daly 17th, Grosjean 18th, 19th is Christian Lugard, 20th Graham Rahal, 21st Devlin DeFrancesco, 22nd is Kellett, Calderon is 23rd, Harvey 24th, Will Power 25th, Simona Di Silvestro is 26th, Jimmy Johnson is 27th, Connor Daly is plus 5 on the day, Takuma Sato plus 3, along with Alexander Rossi, who's plus two. New Gardens improved to position. We'll pause 10 seconds for state's identification. This is IndyCar Radio.
Today's race is brought to you by Firestone, the official tire of the NTT IndyCar Series for driving IndyCar legends. American Medical Response, official partner of the NTT IndyCar Series and the AMR IndyCar Safety Team. Ruoff Mortgage, for a fast mortgage process, apply online at ruoff.com. Chevrolet official vehicle of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and by NTT, the official technology and title partner of the NTT IndyCar Series. I just think the complexity of it, um, I think is a very hard lap to get together in qualifying. It all starts in turn four and five. You mess those up, your whole sector is wrong. You get it right and you're most likely going to nail down a pretty solid lap. Uh, which is exactly what Pottawa Ward did in qualifying. The news not so good for his teammate, Nick Yeoman. You saw Felix Rosequist start to slow in the keyhole. Yeah, it was an audible popping noise from the back of that uh, number seven Aero McLaren Chevrolet for Felix Rosenquist. It was right at the exit of the keyhole. He pulled to the inside of turn number two and just started getting freight trained. I thought maybe he had recycled the engine and got it back going, but I know once he got down to turns four, five, and six, that engine expired. So tough break for Felix Rosenquist. Great qualifying effort starting fourth, up to third. He's going to finish 27th today, though, Mark. And, and Davey, uh, he did the sportsmanlike thing when he knew it was letting go. I mean, he got to driver's uh, right as quickly as he could to get it off the track so he didn't lay a bunch of fluid down. Yeah, he knew something happened coming off of turn two where Nick heard it as well, that it started popping around. So, yeah, you definitely, he, he, he felt something happening. Got down, got low, and got it stopped actually before turn four. A plume of smoke out of the back of that car. Obviously, a great run for him, which he needed and wanted, and uh, all, all went away. And uh, Joel Sebastianelli, you're in a dejected pit box. Yeah, Nick, you may have had a moment of hope that he could get it refired. There wasn't any down here in Felix Rosenquist's pit. With Felix in my ear and looking at the number seven crew, you could just hear screaming. That was it. And heads in hands down here. They knew right away what was going on. And animated for sure was Felix Rosenquist, about as animated as you will ever see him. Um, a little more activity on pit road. Let's get an update on that from Alex Wolf. Will Power brought the Verizon Team Penske Chevrolet in for service. The primary black tires went on for the 12 car after that little bit of an off-course excursion to start the race. Graham Rahal, the fifth third bank Honda, number 15, came in for the alternate reds. And for A.J. Foyt Racing's Kyle Kirkwood, they had a little bit of a discussion when the caution flag first came out and made the decision that they like where the fuel and tires are right now. So the Sexton Properties Chevrolet, number 14, stayed out for Kirkwood. Again, on the course, lap number 10 complete. Pottle Award, your leader, McLaughlin, Herta, Dixon, Pagino, the top five. Below, Kirkwood, Malukas, Rossi, and Calabaylot, the top 10. Michael Young, you have a bird's eye view of the uh, cleanup efforts and the efforts to get that uh, race car off of the racetrack. Yeah, they have them on the record right now, and they're starting to pull away. They put the diaper underneath, so any oil that would continue to spill out of that engine would be caught. We have two AMR IndyCar safety crews working and checking out. Actually, the third truck just pulled into my view as well, so they're making sure that there's no oil on the racing surface, as we saw Felix Rose 
Rosenquist in the AMR safety vehicle make his way to pit lane. He'll get checked out, but obviously will be okay. But certainly a sad day for a young man who needed a good run and a car that had engine mileage limits potentially, and it expired on him far too early and a good run gone away for Felix Rosenquist. I won't ask you to divulge the specific sources, Michael Young, but uh, you say there might be more than a few teams scratching their head a little bit with a little bit of worry over engines that are close to being maxed out on mileage, huh? I could not tell you the exact teams, but it was told to me that there are many engines on about to expire on their mileage limits, so we may see more of this before this day is over today. I didn't really see that any contact took place on the course, but uh, Davey Hamilton, we got to look at our multi-screen monitor. It looks like they're trying to put a new front nose wing assembly on the car of Jack Harvey. Yeah, must have got into some uh, kind of trouble early on. Uh, or something's not working, actually. I don't know if they're trying to unhook something. Could be a radio antenna up front there. Because uh, it doesn't look like damaged nose. I'm not sure what's going on there. Yeah, it's uh, definitely getting replaced. Uh, I'm having a hard time getting it off and a new one on, that's for sure. Well, they're looking now for the replacement for the replacement and trying to get that on. And normally, that's a very simplistic process. I mean, normally it's a matter of, you know, disconnecting a couple of bolts, sliding the damaged one off, and uh, and putting the new one back on. But uh, he's in danger of going a lap down. I don't know that they're going to get him back out before that happens. The pace car lights are off as they're working their way around the carousel right now, and Jack Harvey's got some work to do if he wants to keep from going a lap down. Again, they'll restart on that short front straightaway, and he just might pull it off. However, he might get freight trained by a lot of the field as we get the green flag now on that short front straightaway and Pato Award with a great jump. It's Award, McLaughlin, Herta, Dixon, Pagino, the top five to the keyhole. And Jack Harvey is going to blend in about mid-pack, but up front there's a battle for third. Scott Dixon to the outside. He'll get around Colton Herta, so move the six-time Mid-Ohio winner into podium position early in this event. Meanwhile, Pato Award's got about a six-car length advantage, and boy, Colton Herta continues to be challenged. Here comes Simon Pagino, Michael. He's looking for fourth. Simon Pagino's on the outside of Colton Herta. They will drag race down into turn number four. Still side by side. Pagino will have the advantage as they climb the hill into turn number five. Still side by side. Colton Herta loses a couple of feet but gains it back in the exit of turn number six. Simon Pagino will lead or head, give him that position back. Boy, you could have swiped a credit card between Herta and Simon Pagino. Now all of a sudden it's Alex Below that wants to take a long, hard look at trying to get around Simon Pagino, but Pelot's not able to do it. Hurt is able to put both of them in the rearview mirror. Yeah, Simon was able to climb back into the throttle at the exit of Thunder Valley and get the advantage as he roared through the carousel, but Pagino's got plenty of company. By the time they get back to you, Nick Yeoman, you will see Simon Pagino being tracked down by Alex Pelot, by David Malukas, and by Kyle Kirkwood. This race typically doesn't have a lot of cautions, thus not a lot of chance to gain spots on restart. So everybody being aggressive after this first caution. Front three have got away, but boy, Colton Herta is really struggling to keep pace with Scott Dixon. Might do to beat it to the fact he was in that ferocious battle, but right now he's got about a three-car length advantage over Pagano to four. So Pato Award has a four-car length advantage over McLaughlin, then Dixon four-car lengths back running in that third position. This time through, Colton Herta will have about a five 
at car length advantage over Simon Pagano. They are your top five. Battle shaping up for that sixth position as Alex Pillow runs the right sides off the track. That'll allow David Malukas to charge. It's so funny because Colton Herta is the one that typically, Mark, has been the aggressor at these starts and restarts. That time he had to buy, be the defender, but he was able to hold off those behind him. 14 laps complete at this time by the lead nine-tenths of a second right now for Pato Award over Scott McLaughlin. These guys showing a pretty steady pace. Dixon is third, Herta fourth. Simon Pagino was fifth, and Alex Below. David Malukas has moved up to seventh and Nick Yeoman. Indy Lights flashbacks with Malukas and Kirkwood continuing to battle and switching positions on the day. Oh, it's great, isn't it? We watched those two win just about every Indy Lights race a year ago en route to a championship for Kyle Kirkwood, but IndyCar efforts for both. Right now, Malukas is pulling away from Kyle Kirkwood. Kirkwood may have his hands full with the car that he's going to drive next year. Alexander Rossi all over that rear wing, Michael, as they head to turn four. And Alexander Rossi has looked good in these opening handfuls of laps. He's very, very quick. Closes in on that rear wing of Kyle Kirkwood about a car length. The distance between Kyle Kirkwood and Alexander Rossi looked like Kirkwood's car may have stepped out ever so slightly. That will allow Alexander Rossi to close that gap to two car lengths. It will be a long time that we will be talking about Kyle Kirkwood and David Malukas battling on the racetrack. Right now, it's Malukas that has the better of it, but it's one of the battles that we will watch. They work their way through seven and eight. And uh, one thing's for sure, Pottawell Ward, at least early on in this particular stint, is not able to distance himself as much as he would like from Scott McLaughlin. The lead was seven-tenths of a second a few moments ago. It's down to five-tenths of a second, Nick Gilman, as they head your way. And honestly, Mark, that was the case before the yellow flag for Felix Rosenquist. Pato wasn't necessarily running away and hiding as McLaughlin was able to keep pace. Most impressive might be Scott Dixon as he is hanging with those front two as well. It's still award. McLaughlin, Dixon, one, two, three, into turn four. Scott Dixon basically sitting in wait in that third position. And Pato award for Carlick advantage over Scott McLaughlin. Lachlan, then Dixon about five car lengths back. Colton Herta able to gap himself from Simon Pagano. Alex Pillow and David Malukas. Looks like that battle starting to shake up Jake Quarry. They're making their way down the bottom of the hill and through the right-hander of turn number six. Kirkwood, the only in the top ten on the black primary tires. Everybody else on the softer compound red tires. Does that mean they'll start to drop off a little bit and that young rookie from Florida will be able to make up ground? We shall see, but right now distance the same as last time by. Maybe impressive that Malukas and Kirkwood continue to hold serve. They're consistently in the top ten throughout the first quarter of this race. Yeah, they've been having a great race like we talked about earlier. We figured they would have a great race together. Actually, Malukas getting by Kirkwood, so that was a battle in itself. Kirkwood not letting him go and battling back as well, but Good job for both those rookies. Best runs they've had all year for sure. Yeah, Pato Award, Scott McLaughlin, Dixon, Herta, Pagino, the top five with 16 laps complete. Alex Pillow is sixth. David Maluka is seventh. Kyle Kirkwood is eighth. Alexander Rossi is ninth. Calvin Mylon is tenth. Uh, Joseph Newgarden, 11th. Renas VK is 12th. 13th, Castro Nevis. 14th, Marcus Erickson. 15th, Takuba Sato. Connor Daly, 16th. Roman Grosjean, 17th. Devlin D. Francesco is 18th. Christian Lungard is 19th. Dalton Kellett, 20th. 21st is Will Power. 22nd, Simona Di Silvestro. 23rd, Tatiana Calderon. Graham Rahal is 24th. Jimmy Johnson, 25th. Jack Harvey, a left out at 26th. Felix Rosenquist with an expired engine is out. He will be listed as 27th at the Honda Indy 200 in Mid-Ohio. 
got to thank these stations for carrying today's race. Happy to do so. WROI in Rochester, Indiana. WLIN in Waynesboro, Pennsylvania. And uh, hosting us at Mid-Ohio at WLKR in beautiful Norwalk, Ohio. We appreciate uh, all of our stations all across this great land of ours for carrying us here on IndyCar Radio. Davey Hamilton, 18 laps in. Award, McLaughlin, Dixon, Herta, Pagino, the top five. So uh, what are they starting to feel now as we start to enter the uh, area in which that first pit window opens up? Well, it's starting to open up fairly rapidly, Mark. So uh, they're, what they're feeling is if these red tires seem to be holding on very good. Watching lap times, Pato Award, 110 flat. We got McLaughlin, a 110 two. Dixon, a 110 one. And, and how about this? Colton Hurd, a fastest lap that time, 1099. Seems to be the fastest on the track. Those tires, they're all on the red, softer compound tires. Seam speed's holding up really good through a stint for these uh, the softer tires. So they're just going to wait it out. They're going to wait out, and, and uh, probably within the next 9 to 10 laps, we're going to start seeing the pit window or pits open for guys to come in. How are things going to sort out with Kirkwood being on the blacks and uh, Newgarden being on the blacks? Rosenquist was one of those on the blacks. Rita's VK is, too. Uh, Rosenquist was, but, of course, he's out of the race now. So what's that mean to the strategy for those that are still on the blacks? Well, I think the good thing is it seems, like I said, the red tires seem to be pretty darn good as for longevity of this race. So they may be fast at the end of this race. Maybe you even run, you know, two stints of red tires. We'll have to wait and see if they are confident enough to keep reds on for two different stints. Now, even the drivers up front on the red tires, they may say, hey, these things are better than I thought. Let's put my other scuffed set of reds on that we qualified on for one of the stints as well. As this day progresses, Davey, they become increasingly more erratic, and I think a lot of it's tied to the tire wear when they uh, come off of turn number one they get awfully wide they kick up a lot of dirt and dust they do so if they take a wide exit off the keyhole we even see them doing it off of turn number nine out of thunder valley as that happens throughout the course of the day and more and more that dirt and dust and little pieces of gravel get flipped up onto the track does that affect affect the grip of the cars later in the race at all oh absolutely it does not so much in that groove because these cars usually get blown off fairly rapidly but anytime they're off groove and they have to try to pass somebody and those that dust the, the, the grit the marbles off the tires the little pieces of rubber off these tires get in that outside groove it definitely changes the, the grip of these tires now one thing that they these tracks usually do if a yellow does happen to come out again it could could not who knows but they usually sweep some of the key areas of passing with a sweeper truck while they're cleaning up the rest of the accidents uh, growing ever closer to that pit window uh, alex wolf how about an update on eighth place running kyle kirkwood and for Kyle Kirkwood, it looks like on that pit stop that he'll make, he'll go on to the alternate reds, having a discussion about whether or not to make a front wing adjustment when he goes on to those reds. And a question that I have for Davey Hamilton is we hear the coaching on the fuel number, and they tell him at various times, for instance, fuel wheel two, fuel wheel four. And for the folks at home listening, uh, what does that mean with the fuel wheel numbers, and is it the same sort of settings in the numbers scheme for all the teams here? Yeah, well, they change it up a little bit. Each team has their own little codes and what the how they present it to their drivers or how what they say over the radio. It all does the same thing, Alex. It's basically leaning or richening the engine up. And what sometimes if you get a little heat in the car, a little too much heat, you want to richen it up to try to cool that engine off, get more fuel in there to cool it off. And, and then vice versa, if you need to get some more heat in it or 
If you do want to save a little bit of fuel, which is really not needed in my book as far as an 80-lap race, it seems like they can go pretty hard the entire time and not worry about a fuel a mileage issue. But what it does do, it may extend their fuel window to where they go later on in this first stop. A uh, pretty good battle I'm watching unfold right now as it works its way through F- Thunder Valley is the battle for the uh, 10th position. That's Callum Island who's had a quietly efficient weekend, uh, Davey, for the folks uh, at, at Hootco Saliga Racing. And then uh, Joseph Newgarden trying to be a, a, a firmly a championship contender. He's been red hot of late. That's a pretty good battle for the 10th spot. Great battle, actually. I love we continue to say how that team, as a single-car team, continues to be towards the front of this field right now, as you just said. They're in that 10th spot right now. Newgarden trying to chase him down. But I love what a masterful driver he is. I can't say enough about that team on on how fast they are making that car for him. Yeah, so Callum Eilat, Joseph Newgarden, that's the battle for the 10th position. And as we uh, focus in on that battle, it appears to be shaking itself out a bit. So 22 laps complete now. Pato Award, Scott McLaughlin, Scott Dixon, Colton Hurtis, Simon Pagino, the top five. Below, Malukas, Kirkwood, Rossi, and Callum Eilat, the top ten. Newgarden is 11th, VK is 12th, Elio is 13th, Marcus Erickson is 14th, Sato is 15th, Connor Daly is 16th, Grosjean 17th, Will Power is 18th, Devlin DeFrancesco is 19th, Christian Lundgaard is 20th, Dalton Kellen 21st, Simona Di Silvestro is 22nd, Graham Rahal is 23rd, Tatiana Calderon is 24th, Jimmy Johnson in the 25th position, Jack Harvey a lap down in 26th, 27th and out of the race is Felix Rosenquist. Uh, comfortable advantage for uh, all of uh, the front three, I would say, Davey. But at the same time, we see that window start to open up as pit stops are underway. The window has opened. We see two cars coming in. That's VK and New Garden. New Garden in this first spot up here as he comes to a halt, puts some more red tires on that car. As we talked about, Joseph Newgarden was starting to power his way to the front a little bit, and it looked like a pretty clean stop for Redis VK, Davey. He's not necessarily happy with his qualifying position, and he knew he had his work cut out for him today. Yeah, and one thing this does is what we call undercut. That means they were being held, they felt like they are being held up in traffic. The car in front of them holding them up, couldn't get by them. So what you do is when that window opens, you go out and you try to get as much time make up as much time as you possibly can with no traffic in front of you as you're watching Joseph Newgarden go down through turn two fighting that steering wheel. The car's all over the place until they get heat in these softer compound red tires, getting that grip. But he's trying to make up time right now. So when the cars that were in front of him, which was Eilat, will keep an eye on him after he pits, see if the undercut's going to work for Newgarden. Yeah, there's uh, there's little doubt, uh, Davey, that at a place like Mid-Ohio, I think for these race strategists, these people that are calling for these stops, I mean, time is of the essence for sure, and timing is everything. And, boy, you're either going to get it awfully, awfully right or you're going to get it awfully, awfully wrong. Yeah, that's right. I mean, and you have to gamble sometimes. And right now, if you're Pato Award, you want to be as conservative as you can with your strategy. So what happens there, a lot of the cars right behind him would say, do as the leader does. So uh, quite a few uh, teams are going to just take it on the easy side. The pit road and Joel. The strategy Davey just talked about is exactly what Roman Grosjean is doing. He's going off blacks to reds, a tear off, and a turn of front wing. Yeah, uh, Roman Grosjean has been flirting with the top ten as well on this day. And uh, this is what's fascinating about this pit strategy, Davey, especially with this exact two-stop race, clear-cut two-stop race. Uh, uh, boy, it's it just fascinating to me to watch it unfold. And now that the window has opened up, 
going to be interesting to see how everybody cycles out. And what it boils down to now is, A, there's a lot of pressure on that race strategist to make the right call. But more importantly, the guys over the wall have to get it absolutely right. Yeah, that's right. As we continue to say, and most generally, the easiest way to put it, it's, uh, you know, a football field a second. So if you lose out one second in that pit uh, spot, that's that's at 200 miles an hour. So not quite doing that here at Mid-Ohio. As we see Pelot coming in right now, putting some red, tire, red tires off and, and uh, blacks back on that car. Oh, actually, red's back on that car. And Joel Sebastianelli, you're seeing Elio Castro-Nevis on pit road. Elio is in. He's going to come back out on Blacks. They asked him if he wanted any front wing, and he said emphatically, no. And Alex Pillow wanted off pit road. The updates from pit road brought to you by Speedway, the official fuel and convenience store of IndyCar. Michael Young has an observation from turn four. Well, it was interesting, Mark. I'm watching as we were talking about Davey and these earlier takers on pit lane. Joseph Newgarden has nearly caught the back of this field. Now, it's very strung out at this point, but as Jimmy Johnson heads up the hill, and this is Jimmy right now heading up to turn number five, Joseph Newgarden now pops into the picture, but Alex Pillow is right in front of Joseph Newgarden. So these early takers may be going to pick up a couple of spots on pit lane. Yeah, we see the 18 of David Malukas. He has been in top 10 contention all day long. It's been a really solid weekend for the driver of the HMD-sponsored 18 machine. Joel Sebastianelli welcomes him to pit road. David Malukas is in, so is Alexander Rossi, Calamaylock, pit road, a busy place. Malukas goes off reds and onto blacks, a bit of a slower stop to lay on the right front and the fuel, but there he goes in about 10 seconds. Ilock goes off of reds, he'll go onto blacks, and away he goes. Alexander Rossi, a standard stop as well. They will go out with Ilock third, Rossi second, and Malukas the first one out. Uh, still a lot of pit stops to be had, Nick Yeoman, but gives an idea where Malukas, for instance, is going to blend in. Well, he's going to blend in behind Joseph Newgarden. Davey wondered about that undercut and how it could work. It will allow Joseph Newgarden not only to jump the 77 of Callum Eilat, but he got ahead of Alexander Rossi. He got ahead of David Malukas. So the undercut, a big advantage right now, Mark, as he is way out ahead of some of those drivers that just stopped for service. And I think Renus VK got out ahead of him too, did he not, Michael Young? Renus VK is right behind Joseph Newgarden. He's right in front of David Malukas, correct. But Rossi, they all these drivers have lost a lot of ground if they stayed out a little bit longer. Let's go down to pit lane and Alex Wolf. Kyle Kirkwood comes in with the Sexton Properties Chevrolet. The primary blacks go off, the reds go on. Front wing adjustment, fresh tear off speedway fuel, a little bit of a bobble leaving, but Kirkwood is down and away. Well, as these pit stops continue and that tire wear starts to. Uh, rear its ugly head, Michael Young. There's no question Scott McLaughlin's catching Pato Award into turn number four. It's down to about three car lengths now as Pato makes his way down turn number five, and McLaughlin is there, Jake, and if McLaughlin can get a good run, it looks like he lost ever so slightly, but the S's is where we really see Pato shine. Scott Dixon and Colton Herta are right there as well for that battle to keep an eye on it. Again, Pata Award the leader, but that lead is shrinking over Scott McLaughlin, then Dixon and Herta just behind. Yeah, those top four have separated themselves from uh, pretty much Pagino, Erickson, Sato. Those guys have yet to stop, and uh, no commitment to pit road as yet. So uh, we're seeing some differing strategies maybe in terms of the window start to rear its head a little bit here, Nick Yeoman, and uh, Pato Award, Scott McLaughlin, Dixon and Herta starting to tighten up now as they head toward the keyhole. 
Yeah, the front four are all separated evenly by about two or three car lengths, but we keep waiting. Which of these four jumps onto pit lane first? Because the one that does may have those fresh tires to take, take the race lead. Right now, though, it's still Award, McLaughlin, Dixon, and Herta separated by about three or four car lengths. Yeah, that lead for Pato Award continues to shrink as he makes his way down into turn number four. That right-hander, Scott McLaughlin, is there about two car lengths behind. And then Scott Dixon is there. And then Colton Herta. But all those four... You can throw basically a blanket over him, Jake Query, as they make their way to the S's. McLaughlin, about three car lengths behind Pata O'Ward, but as they work their way through seven and eight, he is not getting overly aggressive, allowing for Pata O'Ward to extend out maybe four car lengths and then about five car lengths back to Scott Dixon. Alex Wolf, you said Takuma Sato among the front runners who recently came to pit road. Yes, Sato had cycled up into the seventh position, and he took off the blacks, put on the reds, turn a front wing. A little bit of trouble with the fueling, with the Speedway fuel replenishing that 18.5-gallon tank. Ten-second stop as Pato Award heads towards Joel. Pato Award is frustrated on the radio as he pulls into his pit box now. Remember... He had issues with his engine at Road America, and Felix Rosenquist has pulled out. Taylor Kyle told him on the radio, whichever engine mapping works for you, use it. New set of tires for him, but he's complaining about issues with the power. And so we have a car off of turn number nine, uh, Jake Query. Uh, who do we have? It is Kyle Kirkwood, the rookie of that Sexton Properties machine. Keep in mind, he had gone to the red tires after he had started out on Black's. Not sure whether or not that was a tire issue, but coming off of turn number eight, setting up for turn number nine, that inertia a little bit too much. He got off in the grass. Kyle Kirkwood's car has come to a stop. And we don't see a yellow yet, Davey, as McLaughlin and Herta continue to roll around the fast. They did not come to pit road. Scott Dixon did, Joel, along with Pato Award. Pato Award sounds like he may be coming back. He just yelled on the radio, it's terrible, and they told him pit this lap. So we see Scott McLaughlin coming to Pit Road, Davey. So an interesting turn of events now as uh, we did not get a caution with Kyle Kirkwood off the track and Scott McLaughlin and Colton Herta coming to Pit Road. Yeah, I'm guessing what race control is trying to do is allow everybody to come in and pit and take all the, the luck out of what's happening on the racetrack. And I don't know if it's the safest thing for Kirkwood. Can't see. I see he was out of the car. I mean, I see he's visibly upset and as the track still goes green as... As, as McLaughlin's going to beat out uh, beat uh, Pato out of the pits. And now the yellow comes out now that he's pitted. So uh, pretty pretty interesting call right there. I don't know what to think of this one right uh, now. But, uh, but it did look like Alex Pillow got out in front of those guys who just pitted Nick Yeoman. Oh, he sure did. So a massive undercut for Barry Wanzer and that crew for Alex Pillow. He's going to leapfrog a ton of cars and may very well be the race leader. Scott McLaughlin's going to cycle out of pit lane in second. He's going to get out ahead of Pato Award. But, Mark, it certainly looks like the biggest of winners during this pit, pit sequence is going to be the reigning IndyCar champion. Uh, 30 laps complete. Caution on the course at Mid-Ohio. It is very technical. It, that track requires so many different techniques. There's so many different corners. Uh, there's also a bit of elevation changes. That's kind of really where it shows where the driver is good all around from all points. And especially in the rain. That track in the rain is just something to behold. It is very special. Uh, you don't have to worry about that today, David Malukas. His thoughts and impressions as he continues in the top ten. He was battling it out with Kyle Kirkwood for a while. But Davey Hamilton, Kyle Kirkwood's day is done.
Yeah, unfortunately, it's done. And no surprise, I'll be really honest with you, when a guy crashes, gets into the wall or, you know, tire bearer, and the yellow doesn't come out. Uh, we don't see that very often. Usually when uh, we make contact in any kind of motorsport, the yellow needs to come out so the safety crew can get there. You never know what... Uh, you never know if it, the driver's hurt or not. Remember Justin Wilson actually at this racetrack in turn one when he went off course, hit hit uh, the the access road, broke his back, couldn't breathe out there, and they just left him out there. And uh, you know, so very surprising that the yellow didn't come out as soon as that accident happened. What it did allow is a load of drivers that hadn't pitted yet that uh, to come in and pit. And I understand that side of it, but boy, safety comes first in my book. Uh, well, McLaughlin and Award were the two biggest beneficiaries among those who waited that later. To to pit and they were able to get off and on so uh, they're trying to get the order sorted out and while they do that we want to offer our thanks to McAllister Jelly for providing lunch to IndyCar Radio today have you tried the new Green Goddess Cop Salad from McAllister's Jelly? It's available for a limited time only so order on the app online or at your local McAllister's Deli today plus earn points on your favorites when you sign up for McAllister's Rewards and uh, the reason we haven't given you a full field rundown is because we are in the process of uh, gathering that information from race control. They're trying to get everything sorted out, and when we hear the all-clear signal is given and the running order is correct, uh, we will make sure that we give that to you. So, interesting turn of events here. We can tell you 32 laps have been completed. Joseph Newgarden is plus 8 on the day. Will Power, after falling to the rear of the field, starting in the back of the field, uh, is plus eight on the day. Jimmy Johnson has improved six positions. Alex Pillow is up five. Roman Grosjean is uh, up five, in fact. And t- speaking of uh, Will Power, overall, Davey, he's actually plus 11. We look up at timing and scoring. He last stopped on lap 30, and Will Power finds himself in the 13th position. That's amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. We knew he was going to come forward. He, you know, put himself behind to qualify, and he put himself behind at first this race, but you know, as he said, he's going for this points championship, and he is going for it. So, uh, great run, uh, actually, by Power. Great drive. You know, we've seen him do a spectacular drive in Detroit. I mean, he drove on these red, softer tires from Firestone that were just completely wore out for the win at that race. And that's and that, that impressed just how good he is. Uh, how about uh, an update on Pottawa Ward? Any concern from the pole setter, Joel Sebastianelli? Yes, they did not bring him back in like they were planning on just because of the craziness that was happening. But what they told him on the pit wall is, look, we're going to do what we can here. You mind the throttle and just manage things out there. So there is plenty of concern. They have not stopped talking since this yellow about what is going on with the five. He is having some kind of issues with the power. And uh, like I said before, Taylor Kyle did tell him, use whichever engine mapping works for you, Mark. Uh, So as it stands right now, by the way, these updates from Pit Road brought to you by Speedway, the official fuel and convenience store of IndyCar, and as it stands right now, the big beneficiary we talked about, the timing of your pit stop, it appears as though it's going to benefit Scott McLaughlin, Alex Below, especially Davey Hamilton. Yep, sure does. I mean, benefit, well, and actually, actually, Colton Herta, he was going to be left out. Dixon got benefited by it. The ones that kind of lost was the ones that were, were hoping for a yellow. Like, like Newgarden, find it. he could have cycled to the front fairly easily, uh, but finds himself in sixth. Still a good spot, but uh, 
VK gained a few spots in that that stop as well. Uh, it took an unusual amount of time to get that number nine, uh, number fourteen car extracted from turn number nine, Jake Query. But uh, have we been given the all clear signal at least in that area of the track? They have removed Kyle Kirkwood's machine, and as a result of that, everything is clear here in the seven eight nine combo. Again, it was coming off of and setting up for turn number nine when all of a sudden Kyle Kirkwood got into that dirt. But they have removed that Sexton Properties machine. And, Mark, I think we're about to go racing here at Mid-Ohio. Yeah, and uh, toward the end of uh, this uh, stint here, before we go back to green, it looks like uh, Jack Harvey among those uh, opting to come to pit road for a late splash. Dalton Kellett as well. So uh, uh, 34 laps complete. Scott McLaughlin, Alex Pillow, Colton Herta, Pato Award and Scott Dixon, your top five. We believe this order to be correct. Sixth is Newgarden. Seventh, VK. Erickson is eighth. Ninth is Simon Pagino. Tenth is David Malukas. Eleventh is Alexander Rossi. Twelfth is Will Power. Thirteenth is Roman Grosjean. Callum Eilat is fourteenth. Elio Castroneves is fifteenth. Christian Lungard is sixteenth. Takuba Sato is seventeenth. Graham Rahal is eighteenth. Connor Daly is nineteenth. Devlin Francesco is 20th. Jimmy Johnson is 21st. Tatiana Calderon is 22nd. 23rd is Kellett. 24th is Harvey. 25th is Simone Di Silvestro. Just two cars are out of this race thus far. Kyle Kirkwood, who completed 28 laps, and Felix Rosenquist, who completed eight laps. Uh, they are just now exiting Thunder Valley, working their way toward the carousel. They will complete 35 laps of the 80 to be contested today as we get ready to go back to Green Flag Racing. Pato Award currently running in the fourth position, has led 28 laps today. Scott McLaughlin, who started next to him on the front row, has led five laps today, and Alex Pillow so far is being credited for leading one lap. Pace car is off, and Alex Pillow on the start is all over Scott McLaughlin at the exit of turn number one. McLaughlin not able to pull away from him as they head toward Nick Hillman. Pillow's going to kick up a cloud of dust for the other 20 or so drivers, but he will stay in second right behind Scott McLaughlin. They stack up behind the front two. McLaughlin wiggles a bit at the exit of the keyhole. That allows Alex Pillow to get a run. He is right in the tire tracks. The defending series champ looking for the race lead down to turn four as Dalton Kellett crashes. Alex Pillow makes his way to the outside. We have a problem with Dalton Kellett, but we're still green. We see... McLaughlin, up oh, now yellow. It was a tough battle there. I thought Alex Pillow might have got Scott McLaughlin, was trying to keep an eye on that. Caution flag did come out again as Nick had called for Dalton Kelly. Yeah, Dalton Kelly went on the black stage right before we got back to green flag racing. I mean, he came out to pit road right at the end of that caution period. It looks like he just spun off course up the keyhole. Sure does, Mark. Look, and he's stuck right there. I mean, there's a dip down there for like a drainage. He's got the front and the back of the car high centered there. Can't go anywhere, but more than likely, it looked like just cold tires. Looks like he got in there on super cold tires, got on the throttle, spun that thing around a couple of times to the inside of the racetrack. But, but uh, wow, kind of a race that started off pretty clean. Our first start's getting a little uh, dysfunctional as we, as we continue on here. So oh, he got cost- hit, actually. Cost- he actually got hit. So he did get some help, Davey. Yeah, he sure did. Uh, looks like Jack Harvey ran into the back 
of him, spun him around. So that's exactly what that Harvey in the back of him. So don't be surprised if we don't see Harvey come in for another nose piece, as we've already seen him come in for one mark. And Simona Di Silvestro had to go awfully high on the course to uh, to avoid that incident for sure. So your top ten with caution on the course, McLaughlin, Palo, Herta, Award, and Dixon, Newgarden, VK, Erickson, Pagino, and Rossi here at Mid-Ohio. Uh, 37 laps complete, full field rundown for you. We're under caution. Single car has stood involved. I actually got some help from Jack Harvey, but Dalton Kellett spun and kind of got wedged on and off the course. AMR IndyCar safety team there got him back up on the course, got him restarted. He is back underway. So McLaughlin, Palo Herta, Award Dixon, Newgarden, sixth. Seventh is VK, eighth is Erickson, ninth is Pagino, tenth is Rossi, David Malukas, 11th. Will Power is up to 12th, Ramon Grosjean, 13th. Calvin Bailot is 14th. Castro Nevis, 15th. Christian Lungard is 16th. Sato, 17th. 18th, Ray Hall. 19th, Connor Daly. 20th, Francesco, 21st, Jimmy Johnson. 22nd, Tatiana Calderon. 23rd, Simona Di Silvestro. 24th is Jack Harvey. A lap down now is Dalton Kellett in 25th. Out of the race, 26th, Dal- uh, Kyle Kirkwood. And 27th, Felix Rosenquist. Uh, interesting to note on that restart, Davey, Alex Pillow had plenty for the guy running just in front of him in Scott McLaughlin. <laughs> yeah, did he ever? And he, he sure did, Mark. He definitely had some speed. He looks good. The car looks actually more solid than uh, than the leader of McLaughlin right now. So now we got pushed to pass as, as well. Uh, and we have Pelot with 122 seconds left. McLaughlin with a lot left, 183, Mark. So hasn't been using much of his at all. Same with Pato Ward, 189. But he may have other issues with this car. But no surprise, but the guys used the most push to passes. Only has 85 seconds left. Will Power. That's one reason he's got to the front. Yeah, and you know, uh, in, in terms of Pato Award, doesn't appear to have the same pace that he had at the start of it when he led 28 laps from pole. But uh, still, this last stint, Davy, I know it's been a bit disjointed because of these uh, cautions. Uh, but uh, but let's face it. I mean, uh, he, he appears as though maybe it's sorted out at least for now because I mean he's solidly in the top five. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I don't know if it's worked out or not. We see what happened to his teammate. You're hoping that same thing. Yeah. that something going on with him. You just don't know at this point. But obviously he was complaining about something and don't know exactly what it is. Or they're playing with the fuel mud numbers or doing a lot of things. The car just doesn't seem to have the speed, as you just said, as it did early in this race. But right now he still has opportunity. He's still in that fourth position market with Dixon right behind him. And But, yeah, as you said, Pelot seems to have the fastest car on the track, at least from what we can see after that one lap shootout restart. Uh, so we've had four cautions now for 11 laps, and we mentioned a handful of times that we ran caution free, and uh, typically we have around five or six cautions here, Davey, so uh, uh, we're, we're getting close to getting up on that five or six caution range, which really <laughs> kind of throws that pit strategy sometimes uh, for a loop, doesn't it not? Yeah, well, it saves fuel mileage, right? And so it just opens the windows a little more for these cars and drivers. It seems like the undercut definitely worked. Uh, for some of these teams, but then the, with the yellow staying out, it benefited the other some of the other drivers back as well. So a little bit cleaner restart right now for McLaughlin. Uh, Pelot staying right behind him. Uh, Herta staying right behind him. But Pato Ward not giving up. He's behind Herta. Seems like he had good speed coming off of turn one, heading down into turn two. Top two into the keyhole.
Boy, a late charge by Joseph Newgarden, about five cars back, but up front, you mentioned the front two. Scott McLaughlin, big wiggle at the exit of the keyhole. Alex Pillow right in those tire tracks. Michael, very similar to the previous restart. We'll see if Pillow can pop to the outside and do it again. McLaughlin will defend that outside, and Pillow will have to follow him into turn number four, the right-hander. Meanwhile, Pottawa Ward under attack from Scott Dixon. They're too wide. Redis VK trying to get around Joseph Newgarden. All kinds of melee as Scott McLaughlin leads Alex Pillow through seven. And Joseph Newgarden is getting very aggressive with Scott Dixon while Dixon is trying to get aggressive with Pata O'Ward. That's O'Ward in fourth, then Dixon and Newgarden. But Redis VK managed to get past a handful of them. Redis VK is the big mover. He moves in front of that trio out of turn number nine. Scott Dixon took a peek to Redis VK at the exit of turn number nine and had to lift a little bit. That allowed Joseph Newgarden, Marcus Erickson, and others to stack up behind him. Alexander Rossi, Simon Pagino there. We saw Alexander Rossi work his way around Simon Pagino last time. The leaders a bit more comfortable, the top four, in fact. Uh, but from Renus VK on back to Scott Dixon, it's tightened it up, Nick Yeoman. Yeah, most certainly. Renus VK, about a two-car length advantage over Scott Dixon. Dixon continues to have his hands full with Joseph Newgarden, who's about a car length behind. Another two car lengths back to the championship leader of Marcus Erickson. Really tight there, Michael. About sixth place on back. For Scott McLaughlin, two car length advantage over Alex Pillow. Then it's Colton Herta and Pato O'Ward. Then that battle Nick was talking about. Renus VK, Scott Dixon, and Joseph Newgarden is right there. That's the battle for that sixth position. Can Joseph get around Dixon? Nice run for Dixon out of six. Joseph Newgarden had managed to make it nearly three wide. That allowed for a seam that Renus VK took advantage of last time by. This time a lot more conservative for everybody. It's VK through nine that threw up a little bit of dust. Dixon just two car lengths behind him. Uh, again, front four starting to separate themselves out a little bit. Fifth place running Renus VK is starting to achieve some level of comfort, although as we say that off the carousel, here comes Scott Dixon. Biggest challenge right now might be for the seventh position. Joseph Newgarden has it, and Nick Yeoman, by the time they get back to you, you will see that Marcus Erickson would very much like to have it. Yeah, these are all championship contenders. Newgarden gets a little breathing room. In fact, he goes on the attack down here in the keyhole. He'll chase away from Marcus Erickson, sets his sights on Scott Dixon. He's about a car length behind that blue and orange PNC Bank car. Newgarden might look to the inside or the outside into turn four. Scott Dixon trying to defend that position for Joseph Newgarden. About a car length for Scott Dixon. That is the battle for that sixth position. Newgarden is still there. They make their way through that right-hander of turn number six. Dixon. Dixon, two-car length advantage. Dixon, again, holds off Newgarden, and then it is Marcus Erickson that runs just behind them. They work their way through the kink of seven and eight, stay true to form. As a matter of fact, Scott Dixon, as he came through, all of a sudden saw a little bit of dust kicked up once again by Renus VK. Don't look now, Davey Hamilton, but Will Power has worked his way from the 27th position all the way up to 10th. And is a good strategy, Mark. I mean, all the way to that 10th spot, just... Now working on power, he's right behind Rossi as well, power is, and Rossi's right behind Erickson. Wow, what a, what a charge for, for uh, a power to be able to come from the back really kind of twice because he took himself out and had a you know huge deficit um, after that first lap little incident. Good job by him. Separation among the front three, McLaughlin, Pillow, and Herta. Things get interesting from fourth on back. It's Pottawa Ward being chased by Renus VK, Scott Dixon, Joseph Newgarden, and others to Michael Young. 
as the cloud starts to cover turns four, five, and six. Renus VK about two car lengths ahead of Pato Award. Got around him. Now Scott Dixon trying to get around Pato Award. He's still worried about Joseph Newgarden as Newgarden closes in on the rear wing of Dixon. Yeah, that's a good battle. All of a sudden, Newgarden is going to make it really interesting with Scott Dixon as they work their way, not able to make the move through turn number nine and setting up for turn number ten. And a brief off in front of Michael Young. Simona Di Silvestro, guys, she got off at turn number four, missed the entrance to turn number five, had to go through the grass. She's back on course. 43 laps complete, this time by Will Power has improved another position. He is currently up to ninth. Again, separation now among the front four. That's McLaughlin, below Herta, and VK. It's behind Pottawa Ward where we get busy. Dixon, Newgarden, Erickson, and ninth place running, running Will Power. Yeah, we mentioned the potential engine issues for Pottawa Ward when Renus VK made that pass it was at the midway point of the backstretch you don't see a lot of passes there so awards got his hands full again here comes scott dixon he's got a strong charge it's going to be an easy pass around the outside scott dixon freight trains by Pato award so scott dixon moves to that fifth position and joseph newgarden will take advantage of it as well he'll get around Pato award at the entrance of turn number four now Pato award will fall into the grasp of marcus erickson erickson looks to the outside back to the inside marcus erickson trying to get around Pato award erickson gonna try to make that move into turn number seven. Not able to do it just yet on Pata Award. So now suddenly that arrow machine of Pata Award has Marcus Erickson trying to close in through turn number 10. He's led 28 laps on the day. Your pole center, Davey Hamilton, he's just fighting to survive now. Yeah, he definitely has a problem. He's lost a massive amount of speed. Matter of fact, I looked at his lap, last lap time. He's two seconds off where he was and two seconds off the leaders right now. So something is going bad with Pato Award's car. No question about it. And by the time he gets back to you, Nick Yeoman, he may lose a couple of more spots. It's Pato Award in the seventh position under attack as he heads to the keyhole. Yeah, it's the championship leader, Marcus Erickson, who kicked up a ton of dust at the exit of turn number one. Will Power is there. Alexander Rossi is there. It's stacking everybody up out of the keyhole. Pato Award's going to hold that spot for now. But Mark, that car simply does not accelerate out of turn two. Marcus Erickson Erickson swings to the outside. He's going to make another pass, Michael, into turn four. Yeah, Marcus Erickson easily gets around Pato Award. Now it's Will Power trying to get around the number five Arrow McLaren SP machine. Will Power, what a drive for him from the places that he started in this race when he had his issues to make, find himself in that ninth position. What a fantastic drive, Jake Query. But Power's bigger concern now might be Alexander Rossi getting it back. That Napa machine is now starting to draw a bead on Will Power. Again, Will Power, though, an amazing run here, has found his way into the top 10 running night. 45 laps complete this time by, let's hear from Al, uh, Kyle Kirkwood, uh, Alex Wolf. Back in the paddock, Kyle Kirkwood, it was a great drive for you with the A.J. Foyt car. What happened out there? Uh, I mean, a huge disappointment is what happened. Um, unfortunately, just there on, on the, we got to look into it a little bit more, but there, the tires were in. Um, I'm just not sure why we bottomed so hard through turn eight. When it bottomed, it just set the car set the car sideways, and just the nature of this track, it's increasing radius there, and unfortunately, two tires off equals into the wall at that at that point, and um, that's exactly what happened for us. So super unfortunate, but we were having a hell of a race before then. We were we were gaining some positions. We were really good on black tires, uh, and everyone else around us was on the red tires, and we we were maintaining, and we went to the reds, and I felt like we were going to be really fast when we threw the red tires on, but um, yeah, it's just disappointing there to to end in that position. Sorry to see out. We'll see you in Toronto.
Sure will. Uh, Pato Award continues to sink like the proverbial stone. Davey Hamilton, we saw Will Power, Alexander Rossi, Simon Pagino, others working their way around him. Yeah, that's right. There, like I said, there's definitely some power problems, and those don't just fix themselves. He's going to have to come in or just try to survive, but he's going to file his way to the back when you're that far off the pace. Another couple seconds that lap off the pace of the leaders, and that's uh, that's definitely a power issue because he just can't go down the straightaways. Uh, you got to wonder, Michael Young, if Alex Pillow is content for now just to tuck in behind Scott McLaughlin and uh, complete laps and stay in contention until the final stint. I mean, he's not able to pull away from him, Michael, and stay between eight-tenths and nine-tenths of a second as the leaders head to turn four. Yeah, for Scott McLaughlin, he's on those blacks, too, and we've got to remember that Alex Pillow's on those reds, and with the pass attempts that he tried to make when we went back to green, may have used up those reds ever so slightly. McLaughlin, eight car lengths over Pillow. And then you've got about ten car lengths between Pillow and Herta. So it's Scott McLaughlin, the leader, followed by Pillow, Herta. Then you wait a second before Reed is VK and Scott Dixon. Uh, Ramon Grosjean has now worked his way around Pato Award. Simon Pagino will be next. David Malukas after that. Davey, this has got to be a sinking feeling for Pato Award because of the solid weekend that he had had. And as we mentioned, Davey, off the top, he among the championship contenders had everyone else starting behind him, but it looked like that advantage has all been gone in terms of gaining points in the championship. Yeah, that's right. And about forget about that, just him as a person. We feel bad for him, but that team, when you have uh, Rosaquist and him starting the top three, uh, looked like a solid weekend. Now both of them having severe issues with one blown motor. Now with Pato with his issues, already filed back to that 11th position. So with uh, 47 laps complete, your full field rundown. Scott McLaughlin, your leader. Alex Below is second. Colton Hurd a third. Renus VK is fourth. Scott Dixon fifth. Joseph Newgarden sixth. Marcus Erickson is seventh. Will Power is eighth. Alexander Rossi is ninth. Roman Grosjean is 10th, Pato Award 11th, Simon Pagino 12th, David Malukas 13th, Callum Eilat 14th, Elio Castro Nevis 15th, 16th Sato, 17th Lungard, 18th Rahul, 19th Connor Daly, 20th Devlin DeFrancesco, Tatiana Calderon is 21st, 22nd is Jack Harvey, 23rd is Jimmy Johnson, 24th is Simone Di Silvestro, Dalton Kellett 25th, two laps down, Kyle Kirkwood out of the race at 26th, Felix Rosenquist 27th, out of the race. We pause 10 seconds for Steve's identification. This is the IndyCar Radio Network. We don't see this issue getting any better, so obviously just manage your race the best you can. Uh, we'll try to collect as many points as we can. Um, just, just stay safe out there. Keep your head about you. And uh, that's the in-car communication between Pato Award and the pit box. Uh, and, and Davey, that's got to be a sinking feeling for a driver saying, yeah, we know there's a problem. We can't fix it. Just do what you can. Yeah, you're just, you got to just survive it. And hopefully that, and the best thing they did say, hey, we know it's not you. We know it's the car. Just survive this, please. Just bring it home. Try to gather some points. He's fallen back from the lead. Matter of fact, has led the most laps at 28 and now he finds himself in that 15th spot, still falling back. Uh, you are listening to the NTT IndyCar Series on these great stations. KGYM in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Can't wait to go back to Iowa for the doubleheader very, very soon. Uh, WGN in Chicago, one of the heritage stations across this great land of ours. Always happy to spend time with them in, uh, in Indianapolis during the month of May. And, of course, our flagship station in Indy, 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan, where you can catch our good friend Jake Query. 
mornings during the week with Kevin Bowen. Kevin Bowen carrying Jake Query through that show like we all do here on Indy Radio, IndyCar Radio on a regular basis. So Scott McLaughlin, Alex Pillow, Colton Herta, Rita's VK, and Scott Dixon, the top five. Davey, uh, I mean, obviously McLaughlin's in the catbird seat because he's the leader, but uh, when you, do you like what you're seeing from Pillow and Herta and VK? Uh, I mean, well, well, where do these guys stand in terms of their push to pass right now? Well, right now, Mark, they, they still all have some matter. They I see push a pass with uh, McLaughlin, 153. Yeah, he's at the catbird seat right now. When you're the leader and you have the most, that's good. But still, Pelot with 122, Herta with 142. Uh, quite a few drivers have him. Power, again, with the least at 47. But another thing I want to hit on power, remember what he said when he qualified? That's how you give away championships. When you make a mistake at qualifying like he did, having to be filed back to the back of this field. Well, the leader of the points championships, Erickson, and guess what? He's in seventh, Powers in eighth, and right now he it, it actually uh, Power stays in second points if yeah. the race was to end right now, twenty nine points behind. So he's doing the best he can from a mistaken earlier in the day or earlier in the weekend. As we see, somebody else lo- looks like uh, who is that? Another that could black be Tatiana Calderon. It's very slow. The eleven yep. car, Michael Young. We saw a couple of cars, including Dalton Kellett, work their way around. Tatiana Calderon, well off the pace to you, Michael. Young. Yeah, she will look to drivers left right now as she enters turn number four. She's still under power, but barely rolling. She'll climb the hill to turn number five, and it doesn't look like that car is going to have enough power to make it up the hill. She wisely turns that car to the right and will pull off at the exit of turn number four and the entrance of turn number five, but precariously put in an odd position. Let's go to Joel and Joseph Newgarden. So Joseph Newgarden's going to use this opportunity to pit onto a fresh set of red tires. He is in and out from the first pit stall. Pato Award also laid out, and it looks like Scott McLaughlin is getting ready to come in shortly as well. Alex Wolf. Will Power getting ready to come in. He pitted just before that Kyle Kirkwood incident, so he's back on sequence with the other cars. He'll have a sticker set of red tires to carry him the rest of the way as Takuma Sato just pulls out behind him, so Will Power going to be coming in momentarily for his final pit stop. Renus VK, meanwhile, a 21 car. I went down to check with his team to see what he was saying, and they said that he is really happy with the car, as meanwhile, Will Power, we're waiting to have him come on to pit lane with the Verizon Team Penske machine, as they're going to see if they can maybe anticipate another caution as we go to Joel. Joel Issues for Pato Award at the front of pit lane. That car sputtered, and now it stopped at the entrance of pit lane. Full stop right at the entrance. Meanwhile, Alex Polo is in. He's going to go on to a set of scuffed blacks. He has to wait for Scott McLaughlin to come out on fresh blacks, nearly coming together with Marcus Erickson as Erickson comes in. Erickson goes off of reds onto fresh blacks. Here comes Alexander Rossi onto a set of new black Firestone tires. Actually, those are scuffs. They'll get a tear off. No adjustment to the wing. Rossi is out. There goes Roman Grosjean on a set of sticker red tires. Meanwhile, still at the front of pit lane with nowhere to go and no power. Pato Award as Rossi swings by him. Uh, chaos on pit road brought to you by Speedway, the official fuel and convenience store of IndyCar in Davie. We had Tatiana Calderon stopped on the course. She's off the race course, of course. But but then we had cars coming on to pit road, about 9, 10, 11 cars, and Pato Award rolled to a stop right at the exit of pit road, and then the caution came out. Yeah, now, what that did is it's left uh, Colton Herta in P1. He last pitted on lap 30, so I'm, I think pits are close. 
Oh, I, just, I don't know. I think this is not good for uh, Colton Herta right now because he missed a pit spot. He's still going to have to come pit. Everybody else made their last pit stop. Colton's going to wind up uh, having to come in. and uh, Not good for Colton, unfortunately, I don't think. Well, while we have a minute, it's time for a minute with Mario presented by Ruoff Morgans this week. Mario tells how he met his wife, and he tells us his thoughts on having his son and grandson follow in his footsteps. I'm absolutely. It doesn't get any better than that from the standpoint of pride. And just to know that they uh, saw it fit to make a career themselves. And um, obviously, they've been exposed to this, uh, you know, to motor racing, you know, their entire lives. But at the same time, they had a choice. And they chose to remain. As you can see, at least we have a legacy that continues. Uh, Deanne and I met at uh, high school dances at the Holy Family in Nazareth. And... uh, and we married quite young. We started a family. I was 21. She was 19. And uh, she was uh, the rock of Gibraltar for me. Just one of those, the solidest could be. I credit her so much for just keeping me focused. You know, the support was there forever. And, uh, you know, uh, that's the most precious part of my life. A minute with Mario presented by Ruoff Mortgage for a fast mortgage process. Apply online at Ruoff.com. You can email your questions for Mario to radio at IndyCar.com. And maybe, just maybe, we will use it on a future broadcast. That segment, the brainchild of our very own Davey Hamilton. And Davey, I don't care what your wife Quincy says to me. You have a good (laughs) idea every now and then. Every now and then I like it. It's like when they say every now and then a, a squirrel does find a nut. and that uh, So it just happened to be, Mark, I hang around with Mario a lot driving the two-seater. And, and I find myself asking him so many questions. I have so much respect for him and his family. And so uh, I thought, what the heck? Let's try to put something together and let everybody else in this country who listens to us on the radio learn a little bit about Mario and his life. Uh, Rita's VK sporting the stash, which has got its fair share of attention on social media this week. And uh, it appears to put him in a pretty good position. Alex Wolf, to have a good day here at Mid-Ohio. Well, his run today in Mid-Ohio about as stout as that mustache is as he changed on to the Firestone Reds for this run home. A clean pit stop for the Bitcoin racing team with Bitnile Chevrolet. And a little bit further down, it was a smooth stop onto the alternate Reds for the Verizon team Penske Chevrolet of Will Power. So a couple of chargers in the top ten with their final stops just before that full course yellow. Uh, I, I know the, uh, the, uh, the mindset is the harder you work, the luckier you you get, but sometimes you can work very, very hard to not be very lucky. And Davey, does that aptly describe the uh, 26 of Colton Herta uh, as it uh, pertains to what happened at the timing of this pit stop? Yeah, unfortunately, just he did. He, I don't know. They maybe thought they could take advantage of. It. They could have advantaged him, but as soon as Pato stopped and those pits closed, that took all advantages away from Colton. He could not even come into the pit at that point because of he couldn't get out of the pit for for safety reasons. So, unfortunately, what that's what's going to happen is is he's going to have to pit. He is leading the field right now. He is behind the pace car. But he still has a pit stop to make where everybody else is made there. So he's going to file to the back of this field, which is really unfortunate for Colton. Uh, Michael Young, it appears to be taking a little bit of time to get that rocket machine of Tatiana Calderon extricated from the racetrack. Not quite sure why Tatiana stayed in the car as long as she did. But when we did go 
to the caution flag. She stayed in that car. We waited for the IndyCar safety vehicle to come out and pick her up. Potentially that's what it was, but the fans gave her a nice round of applause and a cheer, and they finally got that number 11 rocket machine on the hook, and they will be bringing that. Looks like behind the wall. I don't know if they're going to try to take that to pit lane. Just currently watching the record take the number 11 as it sways back and forth. But it was a very, very long stop and a, a, a costly or long cleanup, I should say, and they're finally going to pull her back behind the grass, so obviously that car done for the day. Uh, yeah, 56 laps complete now. We're scheduled to compete 80 today. It's uh, Colton Herta, your leader, but again, he has to stop as uh, soon as the pits are open. Scott McLaughlin is currently second. Alex Pillow is third. Rita's VK is fourth. Will Power is fifth. Scott Dixon is sixth. Marcus Erickson is seventh. Joseph Woodgarden is eighth. Jack Harvey is ninth. Alexander Rossi is tenth. Roman Grosjean, eleventh. Simon Pagino is twelfth. Callum Eilat is thirteenth. David Maluk is fourteenth. Elio Castro is fifteenth. Christian Lungard is sixteenth. Graham Rahal, seventeenth. Connor Daly is eighteenth. Devlin D. Francesco is nineteenth. Jimmy Johnson is twentieth. Twenty-first, Takuma Sato. Twenty-second, a lap down is Simone Di Silvestro. Dalton Kellett is two laps down. He is listed as twenty-third. Pato Award is out of the race, twenty-fourth. Tatiana Calderon out of the race, twenty-fifth. Kyle Kirkwood out of the race, twenty-sixth. Same for Felix Rosenquist, who will finish twenty-seventh today. Uh, we're getting ready to restart here as Colton Herta leads the field around the carousel, and Colton Herta decides to climb back into the throttle as the green flag flies, and so we'll see how this all sorts out. Nick Yelvin as Herta, McLaughlin, Pelo, VK, and Power head to the keyhole. Uh, Herta gets away clean. The fly in the ointment may be Simona Di Silvestro, who is second on track and uh, going to hold up this pack. Big pass by Will Power. He gets to the inside of Renus VK, so that Verizon car continues to charge to the front. It's Colton Herta leading the field down the back straightaway. Everybody behind Simona Di Silvestro. And Simona a lap down, so she will be coming in relatively quick as well. We have Colton Herta, who is in the lead, climbs a hill around turn number five. Scott McLaughlin in that second position. Then Pillow and the move that Nick Yeoman described. Will Power running in that fourth position, rounding out the top five. Renus VK. Power VK Dixon running four, five, six. That battle is very, very close, as a matter of fact. As the leader, though, is Colton Erda. He's got, again, as Nick had mentioned, that buffer of Simona Di Silvestro. They worked their way through turn number 10. A promising day for the 77 machine of Callum Eilat has gone away. He limped that car onto pit road. He is in the pit box and uh, there's a bit of smoke off the rear of that car. They got the fire extinguishers out, so issues for Callum Eilat. Colton Herta has opened up a lead of 1.8 seconds over Scott McLaughlin as Pillow, Power, VK, and Dixon head back to the keyhole. Alex Pillow continues to put the pressure on Scott McLaughlin as they run right behind that lap car of Simona Di Silvestro. Will Power starts to creep into the mix as well. Power taking a wide arcing angle out of the keyhole, and we got two cars off track. One of them is Alexander Rossi. I think the other one might be Roman Grosjean. That might be the two Andretti Autosport teammates. Rossi gets back onto the racetrack, and I believe it is Grosjean's car who is pinned into the tire barriers just at the exit of turn number two. Looks like we may get a yellow mark. Marcus uh, Grosjean's car beached over here in turn two. Caution on the course. Let's hear from Pato Award. Joe Sebastianelli is with him. Yeah, Pato Award is out of the car. What happened? Um, yeah, we just started losing power, losing power, losing maps, losing... Uh, it it kind of started going kind of like Road America, but it actually didn't, didn't get to failing mode. And 
Um, I started going through all the switches and uh, nothing was helping. Everything just kept getting worse and worse and worse. Uh, then we were left with, I think, one running map. And then that one started dying out pretty quickly, lap to lap to lap. And uh, then we did the final pit stop. And uh, as soon as you go back to the throttle, the engine just died, started back up and died again. It just, uh, yeah, failure. I don't know what kind type of failure it was. And it's just frustrating, man. I've done everything to, to claw our way back into this championship. And whether it's, you know, one thing or another, and we just, we just keep getting hammered down. We have no other choice than to than to try and claw our way back uh, in Toronto and so forth. But it just, yeah, it sucks for both cars, not just not just the number five, but uh, I feel for Felix as well. We're both out of it and race isn't even over. And it's, yeah, something that, that, uh, that for sure came as a surprise. All right. We appreciate your time, Pato. Yeah. Apologies. Thanks, man. Uh, let's hear from Callum Eilat, Alex Wolf. Uh, Callum, walking down the pit lane, what put you out? I just broke. I don't know. Caught on fire in the pit lane. I don't know. Not sure. We'll see. The fire in the car. Does any of it get to you? Are you feeling all right? No, it's fine. I mean, everyone panics when there's a fire, but it's behind you. It's all right. All right. Well, thanks for talking to us. Best of luck in Toronto. Uh, so, Davey, you've had a, a, a plenty of opportunity, plenty of angles on the replay, the incident between uh, Alexander Rossi and the car of Roman Grosjean. How interesting is that uh, team debrief going to be a little bit later on today? <laughs> Well, I, I don't think, um, I think they're going to have a discussion with Alexander Rossi, to be honest with you. Uh, it showed the lap before where Grosjean got completely beside him, uh, coming off into turn two, coming off at of turn two, kind of ran him out of racetrack, to be honest with you. Just kind of ran him, you know, high and ran him out of racetrack. Kind of a racing deal, I have to say. But then here comes Grosjean again, gets completely beside him, actually a little bit ahead of him. And uh, Rossi pushes out and hits him not once, but twice. To put him in the tire barrier. He didn't do Rossi any favors either, but uh, just, uh, you know, not not friendly racing with teammates, that's for sure. And Davey, finally, Colton Hurtup, under caution, is able to come to pit road in that gauge machine, and, and, and let's go to pit road and get that recap. So Colton Herta is back out on red tires. Alexander Rossi is in now as well. He's going off of the scuffed blacks and onto a fresh set of black Firestone tires. Doesn't appear to be any damage to that machine that they had to work on. They're just going to set him out on a new set of tires, and away he goes in the 27. Updates from Pit Road brought to you by Speedway, the official fuel that convenience store of IndyCar. Scott McLaughlin assumes the lead with a pit stop of Colton Herta. It's below Power VK Herta. Dixon, Erickson, Newgarden, Harvey, and Pagino with 60 laps complete of the Honda Indy 200 at Mid-Ohio. Today's race is brought to you by Coors Light, the official beer of the NTT IndyCar Series. Borg Warner, official turbochargers of the NTT IndyCar Series. Racing Optics, the official aero screen and helmet tear-off of the NTT IndyCar Series. The American Dairy Association, winners drink milk. Safety Clean, official environmental service partner of the NTT IndyCar Series. And by Speedway official fuel and convenience store of IndyCar. Uh, Colton Herta pits under caution, Davey Hamilton, and because of the timing of the other caution, Colton Herta, instead of leading, falls back to 18th. Oh, what a bummer. No way really to make it up to just whatever he could do on track. Now, he's going to have tires fresher than some of the uh, competitors in front of him, but only a few laps fresher. So, uh, bummer for Colton. That strategy, I mean, just... 
bad luck. That's all that was. Uh, top four, green flag flies. McLaughlin, Pillow, Power, and VK head to the keyhole. And Will Power is on the charge. He took a late dive to the inside of Alex Pillow. Wasn't close enough to get alongside. Scott McLaughlin absolutely nails the restart. He's going to pull about a four or five car length lead over Pillow. Battle may be for fourth. Renus VK in that orange car has it. Scott Dixon all over the rear wing. Dixon trying to set him up in turn four. Dixon will pop to the outside and then shoot back to the inside. He will not be able to get around Renus VK. VK will hold on to that fourth position. Now Dixon under attack from his teammate Marcus Eric. Erickson will try to swing to the inside, get alongside Dixon. Unable to make that pass, Erickson will fall back in line. But we'll take a look at that and continue that battle through 7 and 8. It's Marcus Erickson and as well Scott Dixon through turn 8. Again, still status quo. Scott Dixon holding on to the 5th position with Marcus Erickson just behind. All those front nose wing issues he had early in the race, somehow, someway, Jack Harvey has landed himself in the top 10. He is currently running in the 8th position. He was slugging it out with Elio Castro Nevis and, and Simon Pagino, those teammates uh, were battling for the ninth and 10th position. Meanwhile, the leader, Scott McLaughlin, by five-tenths of a second over Alex Below to the keyhole. Front three have gotten away a little bit. Scott McLaughlin by about two car lengths over the defending series champion, Alex Pillow. Will Power right there as well. You mentioned Jack Harvey. He's going to lose a spot as Elio Castroneves, the four-time Indy 500 champ, slips to the inside. And we've got Colton Herta off in turn two. He's into the runoff area, does a 360, keeps that car running. He'll rejoin at the back of the field as the field is in front of Michael Young. McLaughlin, two car length advantage over Alex Pillow. Then it's Will Power, Redis VK, Scott Dixon, your top five. That battle with Marcus Erickson has kind of subsided, but now Joseph Newgarden trying to make a move, and we've got a battle further back. That's uh, Christian Lundgaard trying to get around Simon Pagino. They nearly made contact at six. And they worked their way off turn number six with Pagino just in front of Lundgaard. That all got held up by Jack Harvey. Both of those two were able to get past Jack Harvey. Uh, nothing nearly about Pagino and Lundgaard, Davey. They did bang wheels. They had not hit Wells once, not twice, but three different times. They made contact with each other. Seen a bit of carbon fiber fly off. Looks like Lungard's wing, small piece, shouldn't affect him much as long as it didn't cut Simon Pagino's tire. But uh, what, what racing in the back of this field did we see? Uh, oh, who was that? Oh, matter of fact, it's Grosjean and, and Alexander Rossi. Uh, contact again coming down for the green flag. So those teammates are definitely uh, not getting along. Leaders headed to turn four and Michael Young. Scott McLaughlin with a couple of car lengths advantage over Alex Pillow. Actually a four car length advantage, but Pillow will break deeper into the turn, close that down to about a two car length advantage. Will Power, three car lengths behind Alex Pillow. He'll be in the third position. Then Renus VK running fourth. Scott Dixon, they're your top five to seven. As they worked their way into turn number seven, it seemed as though Pillow was going a little bit further to the outside of the racetrack, trying to make up ground on Scott McLaughlin. Not able to do it through the double kink, setting up for turn number nine. Scott McLaughlin's lead for Carling advantage over Alex Pillow. Stayed around four tenths of a second over the last couple of laps, Jake. So Alex Pillow is right there. He trims another tenth off of it. It's three tenths of a second. McLaughlin gets off the carousel a little more cleanly. Those front two starting to separate themselves from Will Power. But before long, Nick Yeoman, it looks like things could get interesting again from fourth on back. It's Renus VK, Scott Dixon, Marcus Erickson, and Joseph Newgarden. 
Yep, they are single file heading towards the keyhole. Renus VK has that fourth spot by about two car lengths over Scott Dixon. Then they really stack up. In fact, Joseph Newgarden had a swing to the outside to avoid running into the back of Marcus Erickson. But that quartet trying to run the drivers down for the top three. Michael Battle for the lead is on into turn four. Alex Pillow looks to the inside, then will tuck back behind. Scott McLaughlin had a run down into turn number four, but broke a little bit later than McLaughlin, and that made him check up. So two car lengths advantage. Scott McLaughlin over second place running Alex Pillow. But boy, Alex Pillow off of turn number seven, all of a sudden is right on the rear wing. Then as they go through the king of turn number eight, McLaughlin pulls away just a little bit. Down over the hill through turn number nine, Scott McLaughlin still trying to hold off Alex Pillow. I mean, Pillow loves this place. He made a hard charge into turn number four and realized he didn't have what he needed to make that pass, so he wisely lifted a little bit and decided to fight maybe a couple of turns later. So, Dick Yeoman, no question the experience Alex Below here has here, although it's relatively short, still very valuable experience as he tries to track down Scott McLaughlin. And it's quite fitting that we start the second half of the IndyCar season the way we started the first half uh, with Pelot trying to run down Scott McLaughlin. That was the storyline at St. Petersburg earlier this season. But right now, McLaughlin's starting to pull away. He's taken that car length advantage, stretched it to about three or four down the backstretch. So maybe a bad run for Scott McLaughlin out of turn number two allowed him to get... Alex Pillow up to his rear wing. So Scott McLaughlin had a smooth exit to turn two that time. Jake, he's got about a four-car length advantage over Alex Pillow. Then Will Powers there, about three car lengths behind in third. Those front three, talking about McLaughlin, Pillow, and Power, have separated a little bit. Then you wait before Renus VK running in fourth. Then Scott Dixon running in fifth. And let's go ahead and give you the rest of the top ten. It's uh, and Marcus Erickson in sixth. Seventh, Joseph Newgarden. Eighth to Elio Castro Nevis. Ninth to David Malukas. Jack Harvey has slipped back to 10. Next time by, we will complete lap 67. There will be 13 left to go as Alex Below hits the button as he comes out of the carousel. Those front two starting to get some separation, Dick Gilman, from third place running Will Power. Yeah, I mean, Will Power has been the story. His incredible charge from dead last to podium position, but it has stalled out just a bit here in the closing laps as he's got to make up about six car lengths. The second place running Alex Below. Below continues to put the pressure on Scott McLaughlin. Three car lengths, the advantage for McLaughlin. And Below able to close that gap as he enters turn number four, gets it down to about two car lengths. McLaughlin climbs a hill, the right-hander of turn number five. Below is there about two car lengths behind. Will Power in third then it's Renus VK. Scott Dixon, your top five as they make their way to seven. We saw somebody who started in the top ten, Felix Rosenquist, expire early in this race with an engine go out and thought maybe we might see more of those over the course of the race. Are those up front thinking about that now? They've got to hold on for another 12 laps. All these guys last pitted, Davey, around lap 53. However, the McLaughlin and Pillow advantage being the fact that they're on blacks while the others are on reds trying to track them down? Yeah, I think the reds are definitely going to be wearing out, including Will Power. I mean, he had some speed early there. He did what he had to do. Use those reds to get through traffic, but right now in their open track, it'd be hard to track those two down. They're pretty much checking out. Not checking out, they're only a couple tenths quicker than him, but you know a couple tenths per lap, that means it's a second and a half right now. Mark, so uh, those reds, they're, they're, they're a heavy advantage right now. Yeah, entire field is strung out with 12 to go, but I guess, Michael Young, if you're looking at a race that still refuses to settle itself out, it's five-tenths of a second for Scott McLaughlin into turn number four. 
Yeah, it's the same each and every time they make their way to turn number four. Scott McLaughlin at about two car lengths back is Alex Pillow. Will Power, as you guys had mentioned, on the red. So, too, Redis VK, Scott Dixon, and Marcus Erickson, along with Joseph Newgarden. So, the red's potentially running out, but a comfortable advantage for Scott McLaughlin. Still five car lengths over Pillow. Very solid day for Redis VK. Again, he had a move where he basically did a buy one, get two free on a pass that vaulted him inside of the top five, running it fourth now but a big gap back before the front three of McLaughlin, Pillow, and Power. And Davey, update us on where the front two stand in terms of push to pass with 11 laps to go. Yeah, sure will, Mark. And they're both looking pretty good. McLaughlin with that 81, so he has the advantage over Pillow with 63. Power, after fighting his way through that field, still has 45. He has a little bit there to challenge with. And behind that, uh, VK was 54, Dixon was 73. So, and, and then the points right now, I'm still impressed. We talked about Will Power, um, you know, bumped saying, hey, I just gave a championship away. That's how you give away. But he is second, only 20 behind Erickson right now. What a great job holding on. And then right now, the pluses right now is would be uh, Pelot. He's up one into that fourth position. And then you got uh, the three car, McLaughlin, fighting his way back. This win, he gets two more spots, puts him in seventh. Will Power. Started 21st, fell back to 27th on the opening lap when he was bumping on the track, spun around, was able to keep it going. He's worked his way all the way back up to third. With 10 laps to go next time by McLaughlin, Pillow, Power, VK, Dixon, the top five. Erickson, Newgarden, Castro, Nevis, Malukas, and Harvey, the top 10. Pagino, 11th, Lugard, 12th, Graham Rahal, 13th, Connor Daly, 14th, Sato, 15th, Devlin D. Francesco was 16th, Rossi, 17th. Jimmy Johnson, 18th, Herta, 19th, Simone Di Silvestro, 20th, Roman Grosjean, a lap down in 21st, two laps down, Kellett, 22nd, out of the race, 23rd, Calavila, 24th, Pato Award, Tatiana Calderon, 25th, 26th, Kirkwood, 27th, Felix Rosenquist. And you had mentioned Devlin DeFrancesco. Davey, you had mentioned Alexander Rossi might get a word from his team about contact with Roman Grosjean. He just did it again. This time, the contact between Alexander Rossi and another end-ready teammate, Devlin DeFrancesco, got Devlin DeFrancesco off course, but he managed to get it back on course. And, Joel, you yeah. have more on that? Those two guys have been fuming understandably. Rossi came over the radio and said lots of teammate on teammate BS today. And if you go back to their first incident, Roman Grosjean was imploring with Michael Andretti over the radio. You have got to say something to him, Michael. This is bleeping ridiculous. And then a little while later, was still fuming. He said, and this is a quote, I'm going to punch him. I'm telling you I'm going to punch him. They did try to settle Roman Grosjean down, said that, well, you know, we'll talk about this in the trailer later. But those guys are furious with each other. Good stuff from Joel Sebastianelli on pit road. Nine laps to go. The Honda Indy 200 at Mid-Ohio. Uh, Michael Andretti with three wins here in his story career. Mario got a win here, but Davey Hamilton, I don't think the uh, team Andretti is going to be uh, celebrating much after this one's over. Well, if I'm in a team meeting after this race, I don't want to be Rossi because uh, I'm not going to think there's two of the three drivers that are his teammates and want a piece of him, and, and I can't say that I blame him. I'll just be honest with you. I mean, he, he's just taken him out, took him out uh, pretty pretty blatantly, to be honest with you, and so uh, he has to, uh, you know, he has to pay the piper, but as a team, as Andretti, I'm not happy with anybody. You can't have, you know, you don't want to get into it with anybody, especially your own teammates. Well, there's good things and bad things about a guy moving on, huh? Knowing he's moving on, going to be with yeah. another team next year. Sometimes well, that works well. Sometimes it doesn't if they stick around. 
Well, I'm pretty sure that uh, the teammates are happy that he's going. Let's just put it that way. I'm not sure that the rest of the team is or, or how it's all going to work out. But I, I'll assure you that the, the other drivers at Andretti are happy to see him go. Scott McLaughlin leads by nine-tenths of a second over Alex Below. Will Power, Renas VK, Scott Dixon, Marcus Erickson, Joseph Newgarden, Castro Nevis, David Malukas, and Simon Paschio in your top ten. And clearly, Davey, those two drivers, first and second place on the Blacks, have just an incredible advantage with uh, the laps winding down here over Will Power, who's running on the Reds. Yeah, it ends up being seven-tenths of a second lead, So, and it goes back and forth. That lap there, McLaughlin's lap was a little quicker than Pelot's, but the next lap, Pelot's would be a little bit quicker than McLaughlin. So great run by those two. They've stayed about the same distance. I don't see really any way that Pelot's going to put enough pressure on McLaughlin to give this one away with only six laps to go. Power, he's a couple seconds back now, just doesn't have anything for him. The good news for Power is on those red tires, VK is in fourth position, also on red tires, but he's got a five-second lead over him, so he's in a comfortable place, Mark, as you said, starting from the back kind of twice, starting in the back and then completely in the back after he went off course and had to make up so much time. Well, he's certainly not going to be Indianapolis 500 victory lane happy, but i got to imagine that Will Power He's going to point to this one as one of the most meaningful he's had in quite some time, given everything that he has been faced with on this day. Yeah, I'm going to have to think that when he we interviewed him after qualifying, he goes, well, that's how you give championships away, of making mistakes like that. You just can't do that. You can't give him that many positions. I think he's going to say, this is how you win championships. You come from the back to the front, and you get on the podium, and, and I'm still second place in the championship, and I still fight for it. So he knows how to give it away, but he sure knows how to fight for him as well. Uh, Michael Young, that top spot on the podium, no longer a foregone conclusion. I mean, the lap's winding down. There are five to go, but Alex Below appears to be coming. And Alex Pillow has been saving a little something for this last handful of laps. Scott McLaughlin looked like he may have locked him up ever so slightly as he makes that right-hander into turn number four. Now through turn number five and makes that right-hander into turn number six. The clouds cover turn number six as they make their way to seven. Two car length advantage. And working their way through that double kink of turns seven and eight. Scott McLaughlin doesn't miss a mark. Alex Pillow does not either. Pillow got just a little bit loose as they worked their way through turn number nine. Kicked up just a little bit of dirt, but he's not able to close the gap right now. McLaughlin still holds off about a four-car length advantage. Uh, started the season with a bang. He dominated the St. Petersburg. Uh, narrowly missed getting a win in Texas Motor Speedway than Scott McLaughlin, but uh, Nick Yeoman been a bit of a struggle for him, but since he left the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, he started to get his legs underneath him again. Uh, there's no doubt. He looked like the early championship favorite, and things started to fall apart, and he is in rebound mode, but he is in hold-on-for-dear-life mode here through the keyhole. McLaughlin had about a two-car-length advantage over Pillow. Got a nice, strong charge out of the keyhole, though. He'll open it up to about five car lengths as they head to turn four. And that is the key for Scott McLaughlin to get through the keyhole and get a good run down into turn number four. That advantage has grown for Scott McLaughlin. Four-car-length advantage over Alex Pillow as the laps wind down four to go. McLaughlin. Now Will Power looks like he's starting to close in on Alex Pillow. Still got a ways to go, Jake. But those front three have really checked out. Talking about McLaughlin, Pillow, and Power. You wait, and then it's Renas VK who looks comfortable in fourth. But the battle five, six, and seven getting interesting. It's Dixon followed by Joseph Newgarden, and then very closely right there in the middle of that is Marcus Erickson. Yeah, things getting interesting as the laps continue to wind down as these drivers jockey for position. And Davey, let's face it, even if you're 
running fifth, sixth, and seventh. I mean, if you're in contention for a championship, every point is so very, very valuable. That's right, and that's Erickson in that sixth position, obviously, leading the points as well. He's got Scott Dixon. You know, he's not giving up the fight. He's in sixth, only 67 points back. Stays where he is. He came into this race in six is going out in six but you know i just keep fighting for those spots right now it's power the one that's really being impressive and adding some points or narrowing the points down i mean he came in here second going to go out second but he has a cl- it's a closer margin than it was coming in uh so three laps to go with jake query as they come to you this time through thunder valley the lead was up to eight tenths of a second now it's down to six tenths of a second and so you can see visibly to the eye coming off of turn number six that Palo might be closing in on McLaughlin. The other thing that may be happening is power closing in on Palo. Question is, though, because that gap was pretty big, second to third, does power have enough time? May not be the case. Palo still trying to reel in the leader, Scott McLaughlin. It's about a two-second advantage for Alex Palo over Will Power as both of them try to work their way cleanly through the carousel. McLaughlin looks so very silky smooth, and they'll get the indication from the starter with the flag stand that there are just uh, two laps to go, so the next time they clear this area, they'll see the white flag as Scott McLaughlin heads to Nick Yeoman. If Alex Palo wants to win, it may take a Hail Mary. He's about four car lengths behind Scott McLaughlin. Both drivers really been starting to use the red and white curving to the inside of the keyhole, but McLaughlin opens it up again. He is really strong on acceleration. Michael, it's as big as it's been the last 10 laps. Eight car lengths for Scott McLaughlin. That Hail Mary may be a mistake from Scott McLaughlin. That's the only way that Alex Pillow will be able to catch him. As you said, five car length advantages. They make their way down the hill through turn number five, and Scott McLaughlin grows that to about ten car lengths, Jake. Independence Day weekend, and the front two cars at Mid-Ohio, red, white, and blue. Scott McLaughlin, the red and white, with the advantage over Alex Pillow, and that blue NTT data machine. They worked their way out of turn number ten. He led 49 laps when he got the win at St. Petersburg. He led 186 laps at Texas Motor Speedway, narrowly losing to his teammate, while he finished sixth at Barber it was a bit of a struggle. The 20th, the 20th, the 19th. Road America is where he started to rebound a bit. He had a good solid day, Nick Yelvin, in which he finished seventh. He's got about 10 turns to go to vic- get to victory late at Mid-Ohio. He's not American, but yesterday in the campgrounds, he went around with his bus bro, Joseph Newgarden, in an inflatable bald eagle costume. He's shown a lot of personality and a lot of speed. Scott McLaughlin staring down career win number two, about a half a lap away, Michael. That bald eagle flying high on the final lap here at the Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course. The Kiwi makes his way through turn number four. Our lap leader in 2022 will continue the season the way he started the season. In the lead, McLaughlin through turn number six for the final time. Part of his acclamation to America, adopting a college football team, the University of Wisconsin. It's not the land of Bucky Badger, but the land of the Buckeyes, where he may see the checkered flag here at Mid-Ohio. Scott McLaughlin leads Alex Pelot. Again, it was a feeling out process for Scott McLaughlin one year ago when he landed at Penske Racing, and this year he has settled in quite nicely. He comes off the carousel for the final time, and when he does, he'll see the twin checkers. Career win number two in the NTT IndyCar Series as Scott McLaughlin wins the Honda Indy 200 in Mid-Ohio. Alex Below finishes second. Will Power finishes third. Renus VK is fourth, and Scott Dixon completes the top five. That's my boy. Nice drive there, dude. Just like St. Pete, same guy. You did the same thing. You crushed it. Proud of you, bud. Thank you, guys. So proud of you all. Thanks for the, the uh, tip-top. Amazing. Thank you. Woo!
Uh, Davey has started off easy for Scott McLaughlin with the first place and the second place. A bit of a struggle after that, but boy, this is a nice rebound for him and that race team. Absolutely is. I mean, what a great job. Uh, I mean, coming right off the first race of the year, we knew that he was here for, for real, and he, he was the guy. He was going to be tough to beat, and, boy, he's showing that again. As you said, a little bit of lull through the, through the center part of the season, but what a comeback. What a, what a good morale booster for the last half of this season for, for Scott to, uh, to continue charging and try to win this championship. Uh, Alex Below taking a page out of his teammates, uh, Scott Dixon's championship uh, psyche and the way he approaches things, Davey. I think Alex Below did all he could to get himself into contention, but I think he realized Scott McLaughlin might have been just a little bit better than him on this day. And uh, uh, Alex Below, tell you what, Davey, let's hear it from him. Alex Below with a solid run today, Alex Wolf. He finishes runner-up. Alex Below debriefing with... His family, friends, and team. And Alex, it was like a rerun of St. Pete trying to chase down that three car. What was that run like from your perspective? Uh, yeah, that was that was close. It was a good one. I hope uh, everybody here in mid-Ohio, the fans, enjoyed it. It was an amazing atmosphere. And, yeah, such a shame that uh, that yellow came on the bad timing because uh, we came out of the pits uh, leading after a good strategy by the team. But, uh, yeah, anyway, back in the podium, back on free champagne we love it so uh good to be back here we fight it till the end we didn't really uh have everything we needed but uh we'll regroup and get ready for toronto you talk about that timing with the cautions and the ups and downs and it was really one of the wilder races we've seen in mid-ohio in a long time was it hard for you at times to keep up with it because i know it was for us um yeah it was uh it was chaotic it was uh, i didn't really expect uh to be that uh, those many yellows, um, but it was good. We did a um, uh, really aggressive strategy, starting on uh, use reds, and it paid off. So super happy, super proud, and yeah, it's time to uh, regroup, as I said, and get ready for the next one. Talk about that, getting ready for the next one, third season in the series, defending series champion, but it's with a 35-point deficit right now. It's now a first-time uh, sort of deal for you. How are you going to prepare to head for the streets of Toronto for the first time? Ah, That's going to be exciting as well. Never been there, but everybody said it's an amazing track, an amazing city, so I cannot wait. Um, we're up for challenges, so cannot wait to go there. We can't wait either. We'll see you there. Thank you. Uh, Davey, I like everything about this kid. I mean, he is a cool customer, but, boy, he's steely in the car for sure. And uh, I, I think Alex Below, I think year in and year out, year out they've hit on something there at Ganassi Racing, and this kid's going to be a consistent championship contender. Oh, without a doubt. Does it so cool? I mean, he's with the right teammate of Scott Dixon. I think they can really relate to each other, just how calm and cool and how, how fantastic of skills and, and talent they both have. And so uh, good, great, great champion. And, uh, you know, he's not done with this one championship. He's definitely going for another. Drive of the day belongs to Willpower, Alex Wolf. Drive of the day, uh, I'd say drive of the year and early contender for drive of the decade for Willpower. Third step on the podium. A couple corners in, you were back in 27th place. Scream all the way back up to third. You talked yesterday with that penalty. That was the kind of thing that can cost you a championship. I think this was the kind of drive that can win you one when you get to the end at Laguna Seca. I'm going to say the three drives that would win you a championship would be Barber, Detroit and this one to come from where we came from but uh, another great job by the team on the strategy and obviously had a fast car so I passed a lot of cars had to use a lot of push to pass up during that but finished with 45 so I didn't have to once I got to third I was good but amazing day amazing day to finish third from starting 21st and going all the way to the back and then making it to there great restarts everything 
So much has been made this season about your uh, sort of recalibration, your change in attitude. Do you think this is the kind of drive that really hammers that home? Do you think that this maybe was the sort of uh, result that maybe might not have happened a few years back? Um, I, I mean, like, when I look at the last three, four, five years, we, we've had so much potential. We've had some weird stuff go wrong, but you always learn. I'm just evolving, and, and for sure my um, decision-making and emo emotions just totally under control all the time, no matter what. And uh, I think that's a big plus. Well, that was a great drive out there. We'll see you in Toronto. Thank you. Yep. Let's hear from the winner, Joe Sebastianelli. Two is always better than one, especially when we're talking about wins. Three, two, and you know what? Here's the thing. You had to keep winning again because you had to nail the somersault. You did that getting out of the car, and you had to win in front of mom and dad. Yeah. I know you don't take that for granted, do you? No, I think that was not a somersault. That was more of a fat guy somersault. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to get much air there. But, uh, no, look, really proud of everyone here on Odyssey Battery Chevy. Uh, like, the pit stops were amazing. The strategy was great. Got me up in clean air, and um, that was our plan the whole time to try and jump uh, Pato at the start and oh, in, the, in the exchange. And, um, yeah, thankfully we did that. But, uh, yeah, super proud of everyone. Yeah, to get number two is fantastic. We knew we had it in us. It's just about uh, you know executing, and, and that was on my end as well. So I'm really proud of everyone. And the number three was obviously better than everybody today. How tough was it once you got out front to stay out front? Yeah, it was it was tough because uh, you know my, my, my car sort of went away a little bit towards the end of the race. You know, it was good at the start. I think once the tire the, the track changed a little bit and, and uh, got a little bit dirtier and bits and pieces, it got hard to sort of you know put the power down, which was making it hard to defend. But it's it is what it is. We'll learn and move on. But I think we made some changes that certainly. You helped us today, and thankfully we did them. And so with those wins at the beginning of the year, I think you led like 235 laps at the start and only five since then until today when you basically dominated once you got out front. How confident do you feel going through to the rest of the year? Yeah, look, it's great momentum for us. At the end of the day, this is IndyCar. You know, things can happen all the time, and I think we've had great pace to be in the top five. You know, I've made mistakes. Um, there's been certain things that haven't fallen our way strategy-wise that have made us sort of fall back a little bit but we've always had the pace and it was all about having the belief and the belief in the guys we've got a great group here on the car three you know it's uh you know they're, we're all mates you know we just have fun we go racing and have fun so really proud to do it and um yeah i'm excited believers and winners charged up in the odyssey battery machine scott mclaughlin a winner at mid-ohio alex wolf marina's vk fourth place finisher we're on the highway to the danger zone out there to keep the top gun theme what was it like yeah. Um, oh, what's up, car? Um, no, uh, it was uh, it was a good race. We didn't have a great start. Got sandwiched within Joseph and uh, Rossi, but uh, then we had a good pit stop, a good sequence, and I had a few well, good quality laps on my own uh, trying to catch up to Joseph, which was really good. Car felt good right away. Had some good outlaps, so uh, put me in seventh, and then yeah, had a few few cool moves. To uh, to get into the top three at one point, but I was on Scott Red, uh, wheel was on Sticker Red, and he was just faster and uh, a little doubting about that pass he made. Uh, I I feel like he didn't leave didn't leave me much space and put me in the grass with my uh, outside tires. So uh, yeah, you know you got to leave a space when driving, and he didn't really do that. But you know he didn't get a penalty, so. Good, good move from him at the end, yeah. Well, congratulations on the fourth-place finish, and we'll see you up in Toronto in two weeks. Thank you. Uh, so, Davey Hamilton, interesting day most assuredly. Let's talk about the uh, manufacturer's point standings. A good day for Chevrolet out of the top five. They grabbed three of those spots, and from a point standpoint, that championship looks like this. Chevrolet, 769 points, 688 for Honda. 
Yeah, that 100-point lead is going to be hard to make up. Now, it can be done. There's no question about that. New Honda, as we heard earlier today, that they, they have not given up on this championship. They want to win They want to win races, but that championship is also so important. But right now, Honda, what a great job. Uh, just seems like, I'm sorry, Chevrolet, they just keep plugging away. And McLaughlin uh, and Victory Lane with that Chevrolet motor. Um, uh, got the job done. And, I, again, we thank both those manufacturers so much just for being such a huge part of our sport, for sure. We set off the top, Davey. This was a great opportunity for Pato Award. He was starting on pole, and everyone else that he was battling for the championship, they were all starting behind him. Some of them, like Will Power, well behind him. But at the end of the day, Pato Award, not of his own doing, finishes 24th and now finds himself 65 points back. Yeah, that's right. Nothing of his doing either. Same with his teammate Rosen, R- Rosenquist. They they just uh, they did what they had to do. They were running first and third, and then uh, an engine expired on Felix's car, and then all of a sudden Pato's out of the game, both losing points to champ- or positions in the championship. Pato fall into that fifth position about Rosenquist. Falling three spots from eighth or from ninth to 11th. Yeah, and that's uh, this is not the time of the year where you need bad luck to befall you if you want to stay in contention for that championship. So here's your full field rundown. Scott McLaughlin, your winner. Alex Pillow was second. Will Power third. Renus VK fourth. Scott Dixon fifth. Marcus Erickson sixth. Joseph Dugarden seventh. Elio Castro Nevis eighth. David Malukas ninth. Simon Pagino tenth. Christian Lungard eleventh. Graham Rahal twelfth. Connor Daly thirteenth. Takuba Sato fourteenth. Colton Hurd of 15th, Jimmy Johnson 16th, 17th, Devlin DeFrancesco, Simona Di Silvestro 18th, Alexander Rossi 19th, 20th, Jack Harvey, Roman Grosjean a lap down in 21st, Dalton Kellett two laps down in 22nd, out of the race in 23rd, Callum Eilat 24th, Pato Award 25th, Tatiana Calderon, 26th, Kyle Kirkwood, 27th, Felix Rosenquist. There were three leaders and three lead changes. Scott McLaughlin led twice for 45. Pato Award once for 28. Colton Herta led for seven laps. Will Power plus 18 on the day. Jimmy Johnson, 11th. Connor Daly, plus 9. Redis VK, plus 7. Marcus Erickson, plus 7. Your points look like this. Uh, Will Power is 20 points behind Marcus Erickson. It could have been so much worse. Joseph Newgarden, 34 points back. Alex Below, 35 points back, as we mentioned. 24th place finishing. Pato Award falls to 65 points back. Scott Dixon, 67. McLaughlin is up to 69 points back. Some final thoughts when we come back, including a preview of our return to the Honda Indy Toronto coming up in a couple of weeks. How sweet it is to be able to say welcome back, Honda Indy Toronto. And uh, Jeff Atkinson joins us now. And uh, Green Savory Promotions, Jeff, all of you guys, I'm sure, have been so very, very patient. What's it been like the last couple of years, uh, waiting since 2019 for the uh, return of this storied event? Yeah, it's it's been a minute since we've all uh, been to Toronto, it seems. You know, obviously, I've been in the thick of things, but, you know, luckily for Green Savory, we've been, you know, working through the pandemic with our various events. But, you know, having a, a couple years off in Toronto, you know, certainly brings a new perspective of, of where things are at. And I think where things are at are going to be very exciting. I know there's a excitement and enthusiasm for the Honda Indy Toronto to return in just a couple weeks' time. And, you know, seeing that excitement is very special. So uh, I pump for july 15th to 17th well all of the promoters that we have talked about that have had to navigate this uh this pandemic uh, they're most appreciative of their corporate sponsors and i know you want to echo those sentiments when talking about the commitment that honda continues to have for this event 
Oh, most most definitely. You know, Honda stood by us throughout the pandemic, and you know we were constantly looking at you know different ways that potentially we could get back out there. But in the end, you know, it was really out of our control. You know, obviously we are bound by the the rules and regulations of province and you know honda stood by us while we were having those decisions ultimately made for us and and at the end uh, it's not only honda but it's our, our great group of partners that uh, also supported us through the pandemic and we have a, a bunch of new partners joining us for the 2022 event as well so how about the weekend schedule and then most importantly where people can get tickets yeah, no, a very busy week, and I think one thing that Green Savvy Racing Promotions is very proud of is we try to make sure there's something on the racetrack from about 8 a.m. in the morning till 6 p.m. Uh, we have a fantastic lineup and a very diverse lineup. You know, the NASCAR Pinty Series is going to headline our Friday uh, event day, which the Ontario Honda dealers present Fan Friday in support of the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Uh, we've raised over $820,000 in the past decade uh, for that campaign, and this will be the first time we ever have a race on that day. Uh, so if you like like stock car, you like NASCAR, we're going to have our NASCAR Pinty Series. Throughout the rest of the rest of the weekend, uh, we're going to be adding a new sports car uh, series to the lineup, the uh, Sports Car Canada Championship, and that'll be the first time they uh, compete on the streets of Toronto, and they're a relatively uh, up-and-coming series, but a very solid series, so great sports car lineup, and then the Porsche Carrera Cup, followed by the uh, the Road to Indy, and then obviously we kick it off and finish it off with uh, the NTC IndyCar Series on the Sunday, so a real strong lineup of motor sports, whether you like stock cars, open wheel cars, sports cars, whatever it might be, uh, we have it. And to buy tickets, hondindy.com. Jeff Atkinson, congratulations and welcome back. We'll see you in a couple weeks. The Honda Indy 200 at Mid-Ohio, presented by the all-new 2023 Civic Type R, has been brought to you by Firestone, the official tire of the NTT IndyCar Series for driving IndyCar legends. American Medical Response, official partner of the NTT IndyCar Series and the AMR IndyCar Safety Team. By Speedway, official fuel and convenience store of IndyCar. Coors Light, cold as the Rockies, Coors Light is proud to be the official beer partner of the IndyCar Series. Coors Light, made to chill. Water, official turbochargers of the NTT IndyCar Series. Safety Clean, official environmental service partner of the NTT IndyCar Series. By Ruoff Mortgage, for a fast mortgage process, apply online at Ruoff.com. The Children's Foundation, proud sponsor of Racing for Kids. Hitchman Racing Uniforms, nothing fits like a Hitchman. The Indy Racing Experience, the fastest seat in sports. By Racing Optics, the official aero screen and helmet tear-off of the NTT IndyCar Series. And by NTT, official technology and title partner of the NTT IndyCar Series. Our driver analyst today, Davey Hamilton in the pits, Alex Wolf and Joel Sebastianelli. In the turns, Nick Yeoman, Michael Young and Jake Query. Our chief engineer is Rick Evans. Satellite support by Scott Brigett. Our producer is Sam Rumza. The network director is Chris Pollock. This is Mark James. Join us again in two weeks for live coverage of IndyCar's return to the streets of Toronto. Our coverage of the Honda Indy Toronto starts at 3 p.m. Eastern on Sunday, July 17th on most of these same stations. In the meantime, follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts to listen to this race and more on demand. The preceding was an exclusive copyrighted presentation of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Radio Network.